Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fight Like a Girl podcast. Um, Today I had the very good fortune of um, sitting down with the great Gretzella, or Gretzilla as I'm going to call her from now on. (laughs) Um, We had a really good conversation and it lasted a lot longer than I thought it was going to last and includes lots of fun noises from hoovers and dogs <laughs> it's a it's a really good podcast and i hope you all enjoy <laughs> and then we can start yay um now that we've chatted for about two hours <laughs> <laughs> well now i can just go back in and dip into those conversations okay and, okay. Boo, 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 and cherry pick everything so um you're obviously i'm gonna say great Zoella. tell me if i've got your surname wrong it's Zella. 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 Great. Yeah. Zella. Zella. Okay. Good start. <laughs> yeah. Get, get off to a flying start. Um, uh, second degree jujitsu black belt and all around lovely person. Second degree in a few months. Not quite yet. A couple of months. Wow. Yeah. Everything that I know about you is fake so far. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep going. I've got German like... Shepherds. You know that. <laughs> They're adorable. They're my favourite thing <laughs> about today so far. Okay, good. <laughs> and the lovely guys at my gym. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was actually a really good um, morning. I I was a bit nervous about going back because obviously I haven't trained for like three months. Like I've been going to our uh, Haley's women's classes. Mm. But because they're all, like, beginner, beginner, uh, I'm able to keep people at, like, arm's length and make sure that they don't hurt me as much. Yeah. But, like, this was the first time I've actively gone into proper classes with, you know, people who have belts that are of a (laughs) colour and not not someone who's, like, literally just fresh off the boat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I actually had a really fun morning. Uh, Yeah. I got some really good rolls in and I got smashed roundly by people who I didn't think would yeah it's fine did you get attacked by the very flexible 15 year old (sighs) see the tall one yeah yeah the rows of kids and then suddenly you've got this six foot three monster yeah and feet appear in front of your face and you're like that shouldn't be there yeah Yeah, because I was I was um uh, I was passing his guard and his leg just came around I was like "Mm, get that out of my house I don't need that stress in my life yeah um, yeah, that was very weird. I, I did want to speak to him afterwards and just thank him for the roles because they were like super fun. Yeah. yeah, the guys are lovely. Everyone at the gym is so nice. It's, it's a true. real family team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I, I very much enjoy training and I will very likely come and train again. Come train? When you don't have a cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because my voice sounds terrible. <laughs> um, okay, so I normally... Um, start these conversations by just asking a question about how you got into the sport but mm-hmm. I know that jiu-jitsu wasn't your first sport and you got into athletics before you got into jiu-jitsu yes. is that correct yeah so I have a couple of questions okay one what made you want to go into sports in general and two how did that transition from athletics to jiu-jitsu happen um, was I was it? about 11 and I'd done a little bit of karate, but we'd moved around a lot. My dad was in the army. Um, I mean, this house move is my 23rd house move, <laughs> which is just crazy. Um, it's once but, every two years. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but that's it now. Not moving again till I retire. Ever. Um, ever, ever. It's horrible. Um, but at 11, my school had like a sports day mm. and I was the big fat kid in the corner and they didn't think, you know, I'd be interested at all. And they were short of a discus thrower. And I said, well, <laughs> I'll do it. I haven't got to run. I can throw plates. I can throw plates. Um, so I went and threw and I won. And I was like, this is quite good actually being outdoors and doing some sport. I quite enjoy it. Um, so even at 22 stone, I thought, stuff it. Let's go and have a go. Yeah, I'm an athlete now. I'm an athlete <laughs> who eats cake. Um, but I started throwing the discus and started doing a lot more sport at school um, and then joined a team. So I started hmm. representing um, a team down the road and doing sort of athletics competitions Fell in love with discus throwing. I absolutely love throwing the discus. Mm. Started doing the uh, strength and conditioning training. My diet was still terrible, but did strength and conditioning training. Mm. Uh, then discovered the hammer. And anything really heavy you get to throw <laughs> is good fun. So started doing that as well. Um, did loads of competitions. Love competing. I still throw now. I still have my discus shoes under the you know under the stairs. What? I know. That's awesome. But there's not many places to train around here. Um, yeah. there's nowhere really where you get decent coaching have you thought um, about moving elsewhere <laughs> 24th house move uh, that's not going to go down so well um, no <laughs> it'll be fine yeah but um, so I did athletics and I did it for a long time um, but at 17 I got quite seriously injured um, over a winter um, at the end of a discus throw you block your arm you really stop your rotation now they don't teach this anymore but it was mm. it was the 90s and um you used to have to throw your elbow down against your body to block so that the discus went out um and during the winter training i jarred the arm that much i damaged all of the nerves in it in the joint mm. um which meant i had to stop training so i had to stop the athletics that i absolutely loved um because i got this nerve damage in my left elbow and it was just it was just a mess and I wasn't allowed to do any sport. Um, and really at that point, my, my coach was saying, look, if you want to take this on as a, as a career doing athletics, you're too fat. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> don't well, hold anything back. Yeah. Don't hold back. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'd started before that to get down. So I'd, I'd got down to about 15 and a half stone and I'd mm. noticed my throne was getting better, but that's when the injury hit and I had to stop. So um, I had, 12 months of physiotherapy I had a year of no sport which killed me um I it feel was, your pain yeah <laughs> I've only had three <laughs> it was awful um and I thought well I might as well use that time to get fit I'd signed up to do my degree and mm. um yeah when I applied for my degree it was in marine biology um and the idea of 22 stone going in a wetsuit kind of gave me nightmares <laughs> So I decided to lose weight. Um, yeah. And so I went to university. Um, I started going back to the gym at uni. Um, but then, stupidly, I joined the basketball team. I I wouldn't say stupidly. Like, you have... I'm uh, five foot. You have the stature for it. <laughs> <laughs> but it seemed like a nice group of people. So I did that for yeah. a year. Um, but then pretty much dosed about for two years. Um, sometimes people need that yeah, just to yeah. recharge but I think I was that devastated about not being able to carry on the athletics I was like mm. you know so yeah so I um, I finished my degree applied to join the Navy um, did a few weeks in the Navy Ooh. training like training to get in 
um, got ridiculously fit. Um, so I was cycling like 40, 50 miles a day, um, got my weight back to where it normally should be. Um, mm. and then got the letter through that I'd failed the medical cause the nerve damage in my arm. Oh. <laughs> um, so I, I geared myself up for that naval entry, you know, all of that. <laughs> and, uh, my sister just happened to be seeing a fella from Nottingham and they said, well, we've, they need some teachers. Hmm. Well, I can't even label a cell. So I went to my interview at Nottingham University and they said, can you label this cell? I went, no, but here's all the weaponry on board a Type 22 frigate. <laughs> and they went, yeah, normally we'd fail you, but we're that desperate this year, we'll take you. <laughs> um, so I did teaching and on my first day then, I did the qualifying year, I passed, I don't know how. Um, I went to school and the person who was my mentor happened to be a former Wing Chun World Champion. Ooh. And my first day... Um, a kid tried to attack me with a hammer. Because why not? Yeah, it was a, it was the fifth worst school in the country at that point. Um, and they were trying to get their number up, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they wanted to go to number ranking. one, you know. <laughs> um, but this kid attacked me and I was able to defend myself. I'd always done weights and strength and conditioning stuff. And uh, I got the hammer off this kid and my mentor just walked around the corner and went, do you want to learn how to do that stuff properly? I said, yeah, all right then. Um, he said, well, I'm going to a seminar tonight in Sheffield and it's for this new martial art that's come over from, um, you know, abroad. I said, well, I'm skinned. I've been a student for God knows how long. He said, well, someone's dropped out. It's paid for. Hmm. And I went that night to Sheffield and met Hoyce Gracie. Ah, so that was very fun. That was my first introduction to BJJ. And I went, this is bloody awesome. <laughs> you get to roll around on the floor and like have pyjamas and stuff and... That's what I loved about it. I call it the lazy person's martial arts because, oh, yeah. like, I I get to lie down. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How many martial arts yeah. can you just lie down? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at today's training. Did I actually move? Nope. No, not very much. <laughs> yeah. This is why BJJ is terrible for weight control. It's true. Because you don't burn any calories when you just, like, sloth jitsu and just, you know. And um, flow rolling. Yeah, flow rolling. Oh, as in sitting and chatting. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's how I got into it. Um, and I'd been training a little bit of karate on the side. Um, doing some of that stuff. <laughs> that's cool. That's fine. Okay. It's fine. I'm sure it won't be that loud. Okay. And if okay. it is, it, I, I just need to cast talking about it out. <laughs> oh, I think it's the dryer for the car. Okay. Okay. It's fine. Um, um, yeah, so that's how I got into it. Um, and the mentor, um, a guy called Dave Blackley, he mm. was like my dad for a long time. He's absolutely brilliant. Made it to Purple Belt and then um, fell over and had a shoulder, like the bone sticking out of his shoulder. And that kind of ended his BJJ career. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But he, I mean, legend, got me into it, loved mm. to bits. So. so when was that? Uh, that was the end of 2001. 2002 so early on then. yeah quite early on um so i think the actual seminar i think i can't remember exactly but it was either the very end of 2001 or early 2002 but i can't remember to be honest because it was my world was in a daze at that point <laughs> you're just in a daze of children coming at you with hammers and... yeah i'm also very old now so i forget things <laughs> i'm not as old as you and i forget everything like we were just having this conversation about athletics and i can't remember anyone's names like at all or pronounce them <laughs> who's the fast guy you saying well done i remembered 
from our conversation 10 minutes ago. <laughs> but I love athletics. Athletics is great. It's, I mean, I'd mm. love to go back and throw the discus again. Um, I still train at school. I teach some of the kids at school uh, and I still do some coaching. And I love it. And I'm so tempted just to go and so throw you, again. Like when you're at school, do you get to do that um, thing that I loved when... So when Beat we did the kids and make them feel really bad. Well, when we did track and field at school, um, we had one of the PE teachers uh, who was just... I don't know. <coughs> I think he was more excited about um, hurting everyone's feelings <laughs> than he was about teaching properly. It was just like... I just need you to do this. And like when he was showing us how to do the discus, he took it and he launched it. And he was like, now just do that. Just just do what I showed you. I'm a bit nicer than that. I I showed them the proper technique and coaching. And we do a few drills and then I throw it. (laughs) But do you throw it properly or do you go, oh, that's how you do it? The first time I do a few gentle ones and then at the end they'll go, miss, miss, can you throw it properly? All right then. (laughs) (laughs) And then it hits the principal and you're like, Oh, actually, our head teacher runs. So the head teacher's a runner. Um, So he's a moving target. Yeah, yeah, he's a moving target. I'm not very good at hitting things as they run away from me. But um, like a lot of head teachers are quite stuffy and old. Mm. He's only in his 30s, but he runs a lot. So he does a lot of the marathons and stuff like that. He goes out on 10K runs. Awesome. Yeah, which is quite good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're quite a fit school, to be fair. That's Um, pretty cool. I think we have to be to chase after the naughty kids. Yeah, and you get to have uh, conversations about other things. Yeah. Like, oh, where did you get the tweed for your elbow patches? <laughs> There's only one teacher, I think, who wears tweed. What? Yeah, I have on one occasion, but we, mine was quite nice. We are in a new generation, and it's... My school's brilliant. It's troubling me. <laughs> Why can't everything be like it was in the 80s? Oh, no, my school's great. The kids are great, so... So uh, you started your jiu-jitsu career in 2001, and then uh, do you just continue since then, or like was there a break between your first I've... introduction? And So the problem was, back then, um, 2001-2002, trying to find a club schools. in the UK, Yeah, there weren't many. Now, I was really fortunate because, um, so I started Googling and, well, looking online, um, mm. you know, that thing that had just been invented, the internet. <laughs> Um, and I started looking and I found I was really fortunate. Um, a guy called Ali Wright had set up a small club and it was kind of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm. Um, and also there was a club up in Doncaster. So even though, and there was one in Preston and then there was one in London, even though, you know, it was quite a new thing, mm. I was on the doorstep of some really good clubs. So I thought I'd try the local one. Um, and I went and met this guy called Ali Wright. Um, and I started training once a week doing that and then doing some karate as well on the side. Um, and after about six months, a year, um, Ali left. I think he had a new job and stuff like that. And he had to go mm. and train somewhere else. Um, he just got his blue belt. So we were taught by white belts with stripes at that point. There were no, Ooh. there were no colored belts. Um, and a guy called Michael Dean took over. Um, he took over by, I mean, he was ridiculously strong. Um, fantastic at, like all the movements and stuff, just a natural athlete. Mm. But he started buying books in and doing his own reading and research. And he took over teaching us. Um, and I now own the gym with him. So, oh. so he's still one of my instructors. Um, so he should be getting his second degree at Christmas as well, Ooh. but he's fantastic. And he's the one who really pushed the club on. And I'm really lucky. Um, 
I've got access to Ali's teaching again now. He's come back into it. He got his black belt a little while back, and he's come back, and he is a monster. <laughs> he's so good. Um, him and his brother trained, um, and I'm just really glad he's back. Um, but thanks to Ali having the gym, it meant I had something on my doorstep. Yeah. And then thanks to Mikey taking it over, um, it was, you know, I was able to carry on. And in the meantime, I started going up to Doncaster as well because we got introduced to a young purple belt called Ben Poppleton. <laughs> yes. So I started travelling up to Doncaster one or two nights a week um, and I met, you know, uh, Neil Owen and people like that and training up there um, and just generally getting my ass kicked as a white belt who didn't have a clue what they were doing. Yeah, it's the standard. Yeah, <laughs> so I was driving, you know, an hour and a half each way just to go and get some other training in and eventually the karate dropped off. And the BJJ took over. So, you know, from one night of BJJ a week and four or five nights of karate, it went to five nights a week of BJJ, one night of karate, and then no karate. As is standard. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I remember I kicked a girl at a karate um, training session and she ran off crying. I was like, I need a sport where I'm getting beaten up. I'm not learning yeah. if I can do that. I need to learn more. And I found that BJJ, I tried something and the people I was training with didn't stop. Yeah. They used all that movement against me. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, I'm now upside down. I'm being absolutely smashed. This is brilliant. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I found that actually for being, being made to feel humble, mm. I think it's better than any other sport. Well, There's yeah. always someone better than you. Like, I, I, there's a part of me that feels I missed out. Um, because when I grew up, I didn't really, I wasn't sporty as a child. Like I, I, I lived a very uh, reclusive life as a, as a young adult. Um, and like every conversation I've had with people who um, started early, like they went to karate lessons or mm. they took uh, Thai boxing or whatever, like they had something. But every time they talk about it, it's like there's never any real live sparring involved in it, like with karate and stuff. Like you get points karate, but you don't really get actual fighting, fighting karate because it's too dangerous. We did in Nottingham. So when I was a bit older, we did. Um, the guys were crazy and they loved doing some groundwork <laughs> as well. So the karate in Nottingham, when I was a bit older after university, those guys were awesome. They, you, you just went for it. You know, they introduced me to Japanese sword work as well and stuff oh. like that. I mean, they were brilliant. So I think it depends what karate place you go to. Mm. Um, you know, they were they were brilliant. So they did get stuck in, you know, and we would actually do sparring. That's awesome. We weren't about katas and stuff. It was, let's fight. <laughs> let's, let's see what everyone can take in the face. <laughs> yeah, well, being quite short, I mean, it was quite good going up against like six foot five blokes because, I mean, the... the yeah, they have to punch down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And also my stance meant... Um, oh. <laughs> oh, that that would be fun. Yeah, and so they always worried about rolling with me or fighting with me, so yeah. Like, wow, well, they, they should. You're a <laughs> rabid wolverine. Yeah, um, my kicks used to be quite good, now they're terrible. <laughs> so are my pendulum sweeps, but anyway. <sighs> it wasn't that bad. Oh, they were terrible. Nah, you did all right, I reckon. <laughs> you did fine. Oh, Knocked me dear. off balance. <laughs> That's, that's what it. That's what you needed. That was fine. Like I, I can't really talk. I have zero flexibility in my body. You're I'm lazy like, on your hips. I am very lazy. You're lazy on your hips. I am. I am. Yeah. I'm very heavy. Um, no, it's not quite the way. You're lazy on your hips because you've got long legs. You go. 
I don't need to lift my hips. I can just reach with my long legs. Stop. Stop yeah. bringing logic into yeah. this and pointing yeah. out my, my general inadequacies. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be here to build me up, not knock me down. We're going to be smashing everybody with the, the extra foot bit now. Oh, I uh, very much enjoyed that detail. Yeah, good. You showed good, me good, a good. few good details. I'm very oh, happy. really? Yeah. I can't remember. I've had so much Cavonia cough medicine, I can't remember. <laughs> Just a little bit drunk on medicine. <laughs> Woo! Um, oh, what was it? It was the other part of the thing that you were showing me about yeah. the control from the <laughs> lapel. Shh. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. I'll, I'll Shush on my secrets. I'll show Hayley. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hayley's fine. We like Hayley. <laughs> Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I didn't get into anything till really late. So like, my body's really stiff, and um, like I did say to myself, like, oh, uh, I have this surgery coming up, and I'm not going to be able to train for a year. So in that time, I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to like do this. I'm going to eat well. I'm going. I've been in bed doing nothing. <laughs> Like, oh, yoga's brilliant. Yoga is brilliant. Yeah. And every time I've done it, I've enjoyed it. But I don't know, like, my... <laughs> because I can't train jiu-jitsu, like, my depression's fled. <laughs> I've got no motivation to do it. So anything. you don't want to sit there and go, um... No, but that's the thing. Out. Like, when I compete, I, uh, in inverted commas, meditate before I compete. Like, literally just to clear my head. So I just sit still for a bit and close my eyes. I don't. No, but that's... I get cheesy boy band songs on in my headphones and sing and dance. I, I get in a lot of trouble in the bullpen. I have one song that I listen to on repeat when I compete, and that is um, oh, Nobody Speak by DJ Shadow, or whatever his name is. And it's amazing, because I enjoy the rhythm and the beat to it, and it just means that I can sway <laughs> the whole time. I look like fucking Stevie Wonder just waiting to go. <laughs> um, I was out in uh, Rio. Um, I competed at the Rio Open. I wanted to do a fight in Tijuca and say I'd done it. So I did the International Masters. This was, I think, 2014. I had my black belt like a year. Um, and everyone was being really serious outside. I mean, Tijuca's great. You have to fight there once. Mm. Um, if you do BJJ, you have to go once. And um, all these people were warming up. And I ended up being sat in between the Meow Brothers. And I had I had like this awful boy band mix on, and the wanted came on, and it was chasing the sun, and I was like, I'm I'm gonna have to dance. And so there's a so <laughs> there's there is actually a, so there is actually a photo of me going like like moving my hands like 90s style dancing with the Meow Brothers looking disgusted at me either side of me. Um, yeah, I love that. That was your only option. <laughs> it was my only option. <laughs> Oh, dear. But yeah, so Brazil went really well. <laughs> I think they labelled me as a, a psycho quite early. Cool. It's good to have a reputation when you go to these places. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's always fun. Um, but yeah, like the the yoga stuff, it is something that I started doing hmm. this week um, because work was getting quite stressful. So I was just like, I need something to relax when I get home. Yeah. So, um, like, stretching's been quite nice. Like, as I say, I'm the stiffest person on mm. the planet, so actually trying to get into the poses is difficult at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that will that'll sort itself yeah. out. And, like, I'm not having the same problems that I have with my lower back that like I normally do. So that means that I'm a bit more flexible mm. at the moment. Like, well, I've said already. I mean, I'm 
um, I pay for a chiropractor now who's absolutely brilliant mm. and that's just to help with my movement and things like that um, I think it's just something I had to do um, and I wish I had more time for things like mm. the yoga and stuff like that invest in your back yes Always. backs and knees yeah you've hurt my knees <laughs> that was terrible like a creaky door yeah yeah it's worse than mine I'm like I've got 10 years on you <laughs> Yeah, it, I I don't know why they're so bad. Like I've never really, like I said, I've never really done anything outside of jujitsu. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe my body just felt like it wanted to fall apart. Yeah, that's that's how I'm gonna just take it at the moment. It's fine. Mine's just years of lifting too heavy weight without the correct position, things like that. You know, I mean, that would do it. Eleven years old, picking up really heavy weights. At 15, thinking I can pick up cars, you know, that was my party piece. So <laughs> my knees and my back are just trashed. So, I love it. Yeah. So you got into strength and conditioning training when you were doing your athletics. How yes. how did it come about, like in general? Like, is it um, just something that you saw and was like, I need to do this, this, and this? No, I mean, I was quite fortunate that I had a really good coach at athletics. Mm. Um, the people that I went to athletics with, I mean, my parents weren't, you know, they, they were glad I was doing sports, to be fair, you know, 20, 20 odd stone. And then they go, she's found a sport. Oh, OK, she's active, not just eating custard creams at home. Um, so I went with the family and I was really fortunate that um, I was always number two in the county because she was number one. Mm. So I always had someone who was better at me to go and train with. But her brother was also a very good javelin thrower. And actually, it's only because of um, family and circumstance that meant that he didn't make it through. His his friend made it through to the Olympics. He didn't, sadly. There's always those people who just don't, they just miss the mark slightly. He mm. was right up there. And because of them, the coaching was already established at the club. Oh. And so the coach really pushed me and sort of said, you know, you will have that tyre strapped to your waist full of shot putts and go and run around the track three times. <laughs> Right, okay. Um, and he was saying, you will not get better. You've already got a good grounding in this, but you will not get better without that strength and conditioning mm-hmm. work. So when the season finished, um, September, October time, that was it, winter training. And you would throw for maybe an hour, but in the evening's training, it'd be two and a half hours. The rest of it would be doing hurdles, fee jumps across the circle. You'd be doing uh, medicine ball work. Um, the amount of medicine balls I've had thrown at my head by this coach it's just ridiculous <laughs> just for a laugh yeah um and as i said the the worst one was when you got the belt out that you had around your waist and you had a tire with ropes and it was just filled with shot puts and you had to run and you had to sprint and you'd have to do different positions of sprinting and all of this when you're like you know what was i like 14 15 16 17 i was training there um so it very quickly built up strength mm. i still hadn't lost the weight but my strength was good i felt like i i could move planets you know yeah Um, it has to be a bit of a confidence boost especially going from someone who was very heavy set and probably depressed because of your weight Mm, yeah um but then going into this more athletic thing like i'm a i'm a big fan of the endorphins that i get from the end of a jiu-jitsu session so like coming out of a two and a half hour like strength and conditioning and throwing session must yeah. have felt amazing and yeah. then you're like on to the next one it's yeah. like crack <laughs> it's brilliant and the competition and um i realized doing the athletics that i love competing like if i do a bjna tournament i still get the same rush which is why i won't ever be like an adult world champion at black belt because i get the same rush when i lose mm. as when i win yeah it's i like winning but i like the 
the dump of adrenaline. I like all of that rush of things, um, like stepping on the mat. I'm not, yeah. I'm not as fussed about the win or the loss, which is why I won't be, you know, I won't ever be as good as some of the people who've meddled recently, like Sam and Vanessa, mm. because they have that drive to win. I have that drive to make myself feel amazing. You know, I'm quite <laughs> selfish. And, you know, I'd like to win, but actually I just want that adrenaline dump and that feel of, oh, you know, mm. that's amazing. So the athletics, I did a lot of that. And it meant I was starting to get that feeling. Yeah. And that's when I realised. But um, I remember, I think I'd been doing it, I think I was about 17. And they were short of a 100 metre runner for the relay. And you're so, like, I've been running with a tyre strapped to me for the past I few have. years. Yeah. <laughs> but I think my 100 metre time at that point was like 16, 17 seconds. Because, I mean, I think I was still about 20 stone at that point. And I did it. I wasn't very good. I was quite slow compared to all of the, you know, the girls who are going to go off and yeah do all of that at the 11 12 seconds yeah and but we finished and we got the points which meant that we won for the day and i just remember how horrible everyone was and it really put me off they were oh. so horrible and i was like oh okay i'll stick to um you know, i'll stick to do my throws then stuff you lot you know yeah and it was just a real negative and that was the first time i'd ever had a real negative experience in sport i was like oh that's really sad that's not fair. <laughs> no, it's horrible, isn't it? And, and I was like, oh, so if I do that thing and do really well, but if I take part, people just have a go. And it's like, oh. Yeah. So it's, it's it kind of it's tainted. Like, yeah, don't enter unless you're going to win. Like, yeah, or don't don't put yourself out there. And that's why I think yeah. it's like, well, do you know what? Stuff people like that. And, and that's part of the reason I've, mm. I, I don't mind having a go at stuff, you know, because of people like that who sort of laugh at you and things like that. It's like, no, get stuffed. Um, yeah fuck them yeah honestly yeah <laughs> it's not worth your time like, yeah those people I like oh fly <laughs> Sam will eat it it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah you will <laughs> but like yeah. I, I can't stand the people who um like they have a go at someone uh about trying something when they yeah. haven't done anything themselves no but I think that's like I mean, experiences like that, I think, have tainted, not tainted, but changed how I am. So I, I don't really care what people think because mm. of things like that. So I just do things. And if people think I'm a bit weird for it, yeah. oh, well. I'm the same. Yeah. Like <laughs> dancing to the wanted in Rio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I've had a very um, similar experience myself. Like I've discussed this. Uh, I think I've spoken to, about it on the podcast and stuff before, but like with regards to um, my transition, like I had to put myself in like uncomfortable positions a great deal. Mm. So I'm, I feel comfortable being uncomfortable because I've experienced it so much. So um, when people say things to me, like um, I've had people stare at me in the street. I've had people spit at me in the street. I've had uh, people just making like really snide comments under their breath and stuff. Like when I, like, cause I commute to and from London mm. every day. Uh, at least I did until I like started working in Swansea a bit more. But, um, like people are generally fine, but then you get people who have a general distaste for the trans community and they're the ones who act out. And like nine times out of 10, I fly under the radar, everything's fine, but then you have like the one person who ruins everything for everyone because they're yeah, like, yeah. I don't understand why you're trying to do this, you're so tall. And it's like, all right. 
Like, I, yeah. I don't understand what you want from me, from this engagement. <laughs> like, yeah. then but having think... a go at you at the end of that, um, that run doesn't change the outcome. Mm. It doesn't change how, like, the only thing that's going to change is how you feel about how you performed. Mm. And that's, like, that's not fair, <laughs> surely. I, I know it's very different, but I was saying earlier, um, you know, being morbidly obese. Yeah. It's not the same issue, but the reactions of people are quite similar. People yeah. think they have the right to comment to you and mm. and say things to you that are really horrible. And it's like, no, I didn't ask for your opinion. I don't want your comments. But it's the same on the other end of the spectrum as well, mm. I've found. Um, when women have muscle, people feel the need to comment on it. Mm. In, like, strangers. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I know someone who's who's very well built because yeah. they're an athlete and that's the it's the body that they need to perform to a high standard in that sport mm. and when I've traveled with them like people will stare at her uh, especially if she's like wearing like a, a vest or something and she's got like, shoulders out and her arms are out and um, like people just look and it's like and they like make comments and they feel the need to go oh you're strong it's like I don't understand what you want from this conversation. Yeah. It's Whereas actually the comment should be, wow, you must work really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I know how difficult it is to put on muscle. You must be amazing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I, people in general, I, I, they baffle me mm. <laughs> with like, like obviously they feel uncomfortable and the, the best way for them to deal with their discomfort is by verbalizing it. Mm. And then that only makes things more uncomfortable. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of that as, you know, as being absolutely massive. Mm. Um, but then I'd also get comments when I was really slim as well. I mean, I went from being over 20 stone right down to a size six, you know, mm. and it just, it, the comments both ends weren't very nice. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm happier now. Well, not right now after injury, <laughs> um, you know, I'm about five kilos over what I normally am, but this is, this is where I'm meant to be. And if people don't like it, stuff them you know hmm. um yeah. very much so like, yeah. like, i've never had a very good relationship with my body for many reasons <laughs> um like since the start of my transition <coughs> it's been more focused on my weight because it's more prevalent in my day-to-day -day life hmm. and um it just means that i'm more aware of my unhealthy relationship with food it doesn't change my relationship with it i'm just aware of it so I still eat ridiculous amounts of like chocolate and crisps and stuff. Like I do. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I'll just put the brownies away. Um, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, um, where I'm more aware of it, I'm. I try to make better uh, eating decisions um, when it comes to like my main meals and things. So. Like, yeah, it's quite similar for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like I've tried lots of different things to lose weight and. Um, like I find I either get bored and then just eat chocolate or the what I try doesn't give me enough of what I need so I start to have cravings and mm. when I crave I crave the things that I've always craved so then I kind of uh, relapse yeah um but like I I did intermittent fasting for a while and I loved it um I didn't have any issues with like the feeling of being hungry in the evening because I'd have like breakfast and lunch and then go from like two o'clock to seven o'clock 
Mm. So two in the afternoon till seven o'clock in the morning without eating. And like I got through fine. And like, yeah. I've tried yeah. to pick it up again, but it's more difficult this time because I have an even more unhealthy relationship with food. Excellent. I'm a big fan. <laughs> but see, I've tried. I've tried loads of things. And I mean, the worst thing for me is, you know, I'm never going to compete at lightweight. It's mm. just not possible. Um, having been absolutely massive till I was about 18, um, I've got a lot, a lot of excess skin. So the only way I'm going to get down to, if I wanted to compete at, say, lightweight or featherweight, mm. I would have to have surgery. Now, I've gone through the consultations, and to be fair, I'd be out for a year. So yeah. I've had all the consultations about everything to sort all of my body out, and there's no point. And there's yeah. nothing I can do with that. So I figure, well, you know. Um, that's the thing. If you're happy with it, then... Well, I'm not happy with it, but I've accepted it now, and I'm, I'm yeah. fine with that, you know. It's, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to get back down to what I normally am, obviously with the thumb injury. Yeah. That made me almost throw up in my mouth when you were telling me about it. Yeah, no problem. Um, <laughs> but obviously not competing for a year and a few months. Um, you know, mm. I have put on a little bit of weight, but it'll be fine when I get back into it and everything. So, yeah, it's just getting back into the routine that you were in before. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fine. Sorry, I've just been whittling away about food and weight. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> It's not like it's the only thing I think about all the time. But, um, no, because, like, okay, so if we were having this conversation, uh, like, what, three or four months ago, um, on my way here, I would have eaten uh, a big bag of peanut M&Ms. After training, I would have had some protein bars. (coughs) On my way home, I'd have another sweet. Sorry. Sorry, Sam's joined us. Hello. Hello. Sam. Hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> you might have to edit this bit out. We've been attacked no. by puppies. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. <laughs> hello. <It's> like, hi. <laughs> Bye, Sam. <laughs> I'm now covered in dog drool. That's fine. <laughs> okay. That's fine. It's, uh, it's very becoming. <laughs> Oh dear. I know, like my life would be um sweets because I drive so much. Like I just pick at things. Yeah. And you don't even realise sometimes, like you'll have a bag of sweets. You think, Oh, I'll just open it and have a few and then they're gone. And then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And then they started doing bigger bags of sweets as well now. So it's not just like the one hundred and forty grams, it's two hundred and fifty grams of peanut MMs and it's like Okay. Yeah. I officially have a problem. Well, this is the thing I always say, like, um, you never, I mean, food's really hard. They say, like, with addicts and stuff, don't they? If you're a drug addict, you can stop taking the drug. But if you're a food addict, mm. you still have to eat. Yeah. Um, and I always say, like, you, like I'm, I'm not a recovered fatty. I'm a recovering. Because mm. I could very happily go and sit and eat, like, ten pizzas in one go. Um, you know, and things I like that. I wish I had that stamina. Oh, well, we used to... Um, <laughs> Um, one of my mum's ex-partners, um, we used to go to McDonald's, which I don't even eat at anymore, obviously being vegetarian, but we'd buy 10 hamburgers when I was really fat. 10 hamburgers and eat, have a race to see who ate them first. And then whoever <sighs> won didn't pay for the next 10 and we'd have 20 hamburgers. How disgusting is that? I'm disgusted. It's awful. Yeah, you're quite shocked. A little bit. Yeah. And but that's... now I'm going to go home and buy 10 hamburgers. No, you're not. Just to see you're not, how much... it's disgusting. <laughs> just to see if I can yeah. do it. Yeah, but that is disgusting. And and that's why I was like, 
20 odd stone you know I mean it was disgusting so bad for me my poor arteries oh. <laughs> so yeah that's yeah it's disgusting it's awful it is but again like if that's like that's not technically you making that decision that someone else saying we're going to get burgers and you're like yes we'll get burgers like you can agree to it but like it's more coercion than it is you going I don't know. I, I knew my own mind from a young age. I was like, I realise I like food. Let's go get food. Let's eat a lot of food. Food you know, is the bomb. Yeah, exactly. And now it's like I have to sort of watch what I'm eating, but I still have my treats. So like Friday night is pizza night. Yeah. And I will still have that. And if I want something, I'm not going to deny myself, you know, and things no. like that. But I have to be a bit more careful. And uh, after our discussion at the gym as well with some of the lads, you know, they, no one gives you that. So you, you're about to hit 40 book, which I really wish someone would write. So are you aware this is going to happen? This is going to happen. This and this, you know. Yeah. And If your metabolism hasn't already slowed down to yeah. an almost stop, prepare for it. Yeah. Avoid sugar because this will happen to your intestines. Yum. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's things like that. So I can't believe I dread to think what damage I've done from being a kid. Um yeah, but your body's better able to handle it when you're a child. Like, if you were. I hope so. <laughs> like, if I was to go, you know what? I'm going to become a competitive eater. <laughs> I'm just going to eat shit from now until I die, which would probably be in about four months. <laughs> probably be about the same for me if I did that. <laughs> but, like, my body would have a much harder time dealing with that now because it's old and breaking down anyway than when, you when were, you're young and yeah you're so why is the person who's like the top competitive eater about a size eight she's tiny she like wins all the chicken eating competitions and she's like really ridiculously small i know the answer to this <laughs> they, they train their stomachs oh. um, so wow okay when when they're training they eat and they drink a load of water to expand their stomach and they just keep their stomach expanded the whole time but they don't have it full so um it's it's fascinating and she yeah. no doubt needs to go to the toilet a lot but um oh who was i listening to it was um on i listened to uh, a few podcasts one of my favorites at the moment is um your mom's house with uh, Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky. They're both stand-up comedians and, like, they're partners and they're hilarious. Right, okay. And they have, like, people on every now and then, but nine times out of ten it's just them talking to each other. And one person who came on, um, like, talked about competitive eating and stuff. And, yeah, like, I, I think that's what they said. They fill their stomach with water like they'll eat and they'll fill it and then when they actually do go to eat like competitively they don't i don't know if they keep it down either i think at the end they'll just bring it all back up but like yeah speaking as someone who suffers from acid reflux it's not nice (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not drinking enough water then i need to drink more water when i eat no, because that'll expand my stomach. No, I need to do the reverse. No, but that's the thing. It, it makes you feel more full. Okay. But they can push past it. Like, they push past the feeling of feeling full just to keep their stomach expanded so that okay. when they put food in it, it's it has a bigger capacity. Cause, but because they're using water, they don't get really fat. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. That's, that's really fun. strange. Yeah. 
But like, I'm just fascinated about your knowledge about this subject. That's quite <laughs> impressive. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, like, so I I wake up at what? I think it's like quarter to four because I have a lot of stuff to do uh, before I go to work, like uh, post op stuff, and then wow, that's early. Yeah, I yeah. get a five o'clock train into London. <gasps> I'm at my desk for about six thirty. So um, in the morning, I'll have some chicken, and then I will have like a full two litre bottle of water done by about <coughs> eight nine. Wow. And um, yeah, but I'll have that two litres. And then I won't have anything else until after lunch. But, like, the thing that hurts my feelings the most is if I've drunk two litres of water, it's not just one trip to the toilet to go. It's like, oh, no, now we've processed this other bit. Now you can go again. And, like, it's every half an hour. Oh, you wait. You wait till you get that copy of the <laughs> So You're Approaching 40 book. <laughs> you wait. Oh, dear. You'll go to the toilet and then you'll come out and you'll be washing your hands and turn around and go back in. Why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? I and you get just... you get told at the doctors about some techniques to stop you doing that as well. About the you know go to the loo, and then stand up, have a jiggle, and then go again. There's one that they tell you when you so when you're 39 and going to the doctors. These are all the things they don't tell you as you're approaching 40. Brilliant. Right? Yeah. So is, I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you wait. There's loads more. Well, like they gave me a load of exercises to do to help improve my um my pelvic floor which is fun because I just have to sit down and do kegels and like and squeeze but um I was having this conversation with my mum my mum's had nine kids wow all natural birth wow she never once said yes to the what's it called it's the injection they do in your back uh epidurals the epidural yeah she refused to have an Sorry, epidural. Sorry, this coming from someone who has not had kids at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> she refused to have an epidural because one of her friends was paralysed where the um, the nurse administering it clipped a nerve. Ooh. Ow. Yeah. Or so, not ow because she wouldn't feel it, actually. <laughs> the child just fell out. Oh, God. No. I couldn't think um, of anything worse than birth. Oh. But, yeah. Um, but because she's squeezed out so many sprogs like obviously it's a bit of a mess downstairs mm. and um she has she has trouble retaining water let's let's put it that way <laughs> and it's it's hilarious but i feel bad for her a lot because all it takes is one good joke and she's worse <laughs> she has no control the thing so, is i'm worried that's the next step for me so it'll be that book when i get the so you're approaching 50 book no that'll be one of the pages in that oh no no she's okay uh, she's turning 70 soon so wow. like, okay yeah yeah you're 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 a few years away it's okay fine. just a few yeah, yeah. okay but well, just prepare for that yeah <laughs> maybe start stretching your pelvic floor now yeah <laughs> yeah strengthening that core well don't they say that every time you think about it you should do it <laughs> Yeah. So every time you think about, oh, I wonder about stretching, uh, making sure my pelvic floor muscles are okay, you should sit and do five or six clenches. But that's what I do. <laughs> like, I, I catch myself in my car every now and then. I'm just, uh, like, especially when I need the toilet. I'm like, they told me I needed to do this. It's like, hur, hur. especially now, because, like, everything's been uh, rejigged and stuff. So, like, 
a couple of times I've been caught short where I thought I could hold it for longer than I could. And yeah. like page three I, of the now you're approaching yeah, 40 book. But yeah. like, yeah, I don't feel it coming out. And it's just like, <laughs> so I make it to the toilet and I'm like, I have to leave this place and okay. go home. That's not just you. That's any woman around the 40s, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not fun. Like, no, like no. I said, I drive a lot. So, um, I always make sure I have a lot to drink and an energy drink because <gasps> no, well I need it. No, Otherwise, I would you don't. I would be dead. No, energy drinks bad. Yeah, but I don't like coffee, and tea doesn't give me the caffeine boost that I need. Chew on a Yorkshire Gold. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> Yorkshire Gold tea, best ever. Ah, I disagree. <gasps> um, we got Yorkshire tea at work, and it's too bitter for me. <coughs> there is only Yorkshire tea. Come on. <laughs> I'm. People are gonna hate me. Uh, well, you're never gonna be allowed in Yorkshire, <laughs> which is an issue because it's where my it's partner's family are. <laughs> and Yorkshire is the best county on the planet, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't. I have. No, I have no. Uh, <laughs> I have no horse in this race. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna vilify myself to a whole race of people. <laughs> it's a race of people. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out. Oh, there. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I wish I was from Yorkshire. <laughs> this is actually a fake accent, by the way, this. This was what? made. Um, I had to have speech therapy as a kid, so I wish I'd been able to say to the speech therapist, I don't want this random, like I'm from outside of London accent. I'd like Yorkshire. I wish <laughs> I'd been able to do that. So instead I've got this. <laughs> Ew. Oh, what's it? doing? <laughs> right, now you're definitely banned from Yorkshire. <laughs> you don't drink Yorkshire tea. You've said it's bitter. Uh-huh. And I do terrible you do a terrible Yorkshire accent. accent. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm right up there. It's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm like the Milo Yiannopoulos of Yorkshire. Oh, I um, I did a, um, a training camp last week. Um, and one of the guys that I started training with, Neil Owen, mm. absolutely amazing teacher. If you get the chance to go and do one of his sessions, um, just a fantastic style of teaching, just a lovely bloke. But I trained with him back in the day, and he's, he's Yorkshireman, you know. And mm. but he's moved to Australia, so I was expecting this really thick Yorkshire <laughs> accent, and he's got this beautiful Yorkshire Australian twang. What? I was like, that's not the voice I was expecting to come out of you. And it was just amazing. Such so Yorkshire with Australia, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I can't even but picture top, it. Top bloke. If you get the chance to go and train with him, he's a legend. Absolute legend. I might be going to Australia in Oh, he's January. moved back in now, so... What? <laughs> oh, I've missed, I've missed the boat. Oh, or you could just dare to cross into Yorkshire and go and see him. No, I've already been told I'm not allowed. Oh, no, you're not. You'll have to wait till he does a seminar. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive. Like, this is my biggest worry with my, my current partner. I haven't met her family yet. And um, it's a case of... I'm going to go there, and just like every single mum I've ever met, I'm going to be greeted with a cup of tea, and yes. I'll say yes, because that's the only reasonable yes. answer to that question, and then I'm going to drink it, and I'm going to go, hmm. I can't <laughs> and believe. And it's going to look like I'm forcing it down. How can you not like Yorkshire tea? I don't know. Like, uh, I don't have sugar in my tea, because... Adding sugar to things is just yeah. Wrong. I don't have sugar. No, tea but, takes away the taste of the tea. But like, uh, sorry, sugar takes away the taste of the tea, not tea. But like, I can happily 
drink like Tetley's or PG and they're I mean they're not proper tea. Not proper teas, yeah. But that's because that's all I all I knew growing up. <sighs> and I thought that I was pretty cool because I used to have it like really dark and like apparently the bitterness of PG tips when you only have like a hint of milk in there, like literally introducing the bottle to the cup and going, going Oh there you yeah. go. You're then, friends now. Yeah. yeah. Like no nothing's poured in, just introducing. Like I was like, mm, that's not bitter at all. But then, like, I have a milky Yorkshire tea, which is, again, <laughs> rules, like, uh, grounds for dismissal from Yorkshire Yeah, entirely. well, you've already, I'm afraid you've already been kicked out of Yorkshire, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, it's super bitter. You I don't need know. to train yourself. You've got to train yourself. It's, I'm the same with coffee. I hate coffee. I don't drink coffee. I hate coffee. Yes. I like the smell of it. Freshly brewed coffee. But I can't drink yeah. it. But, like... And it's, it's the same with lager as well. Like, when I was growing up, um, my brother obviously enjoyed a drink. And he was like, why don't you have one? I was like, because no. it's disgusting. It's disgusting. He's like, yeah, we all know it's disgusting, but you've got to train yourself to like it because it's what people do. And I'm like... Yeah, but lager is disgusting. Tea is amazing. <laughs> tea is amazing. Yeah. I will give you that. But just not Yorkshire tea. <sighs> You know you'll be lynched if you ever cross the border. Yeah, and I can't let my partner hear this podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> Harrogate. You need to go to Harrogate. It's the home of tea, flowers, and decent cake. Okay. So you need to go to Harrogate. Go and be introduced to tea properly. Go and have a proper afternoon tea up there. And there's a Gracie Baja there with a very nice instructor if you'd like to go and tra- do some training. Oh, interesting. Um, but you could go up there. Well, okay. I, I will make plans and I will go to Harrogate. Okay. And I will have... Go in spring when the flower show's on. That means there's going to be people, and I can't deal with people. Oh, it's quite nice though. So no, yeah. it makes me just want to strangle people. <laughs> I'm not a social person. Well, mm, do the strangling at the training beforehand. Get yeah. out of my system. Yeah, <laughs> and then go and have a nice cup of tea. Okay. Yeah. Right. You may need to strangle people to defend yourself if you insult Yorkshire tea up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've become John Wick. <laughs> He's only a blue belt. Well, or is he a white belt? Has he been promoted? I think he's still a white belt. Still a white belt. I haven't seen any kind of promotion. Like I okay. know when Demi Lovato got her blue belt, that was all over the place. Yeah. But um, saying that, Dave Batista's a purple belt. I never saw his promotions from no, no. anything. But then he was just a wrestler at that time, wasn't he? Yeah. I'd love to train with Keanu Reeves. He looks like he'd give you a good run. Yeah, he looks like you'd have on the right laugh with him as well. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Did you see, um, I'm going to forget her name as well now. Halle Berry. Halle Berry, For John Wick 3. Yeah. She looked brilliant. She's lost a lot of weight, though. Mm. Um, But she's obviously had to do that for the role and tone up. I mean, I know nothing about all that stuff anyway. but Yeah, Hollywood stuff. But I think she looks absolutely brilliant. But she needs to put on a little bit of weight again. But she's mm. really enjoying the BJJ, isn't she? Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's nice to see, like, people taking it on, like, properly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I remember when people were like, yeah, Ashton Kutcher is a purple belt. You're like, okay. Is he a brown belt now? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But he um, fights, doesn't he? He does competitions and stuff. Does he? I think so. That would be pretty awesome. That would be cool. Oh, look who I've got. Oh, at least you know you'll get good photos. Do you know there's no fight photos of me? Because when I'm on normally, the black belt men are fighting. It's like, oh, who's this person? Oh, let's just go and get our cameras on the other people. So there's yeah. no photos of me fighting. 
So if I was actually fighting someone like him, I might actually get a photo of me. Which would be nice. Yeah. Just yeah. a little bit of footage yeah. from any of these. But I don't post any fights online either, so I think the only fights on YouTube of me are ones my competitors have put up, so it's all me losing. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, well. And you then know. at the end, you've got a big, bright smile on your face. Yes. Yes, I don't care. I lost. <laughs> yeah, and shake their hand and give them a hug for giving me the adrenaline dump, you know. Yeah, thank you. I love this. <laughs> this is my life. Yeah. But, like, I have to admit, I'm kind of the same when it comes to competition. Like, um, I don't get a lot out of winning. Like, I've I've had more fun when I've lost in competition than I have when I've won. And, like, a medal is nice and everything. Yeah. But, like, I like the fact that, one, I was tested because I lost, I must have been. Mm. And, two, it gives me something to go back and actually train properly because yeah. I... Everyone, I assume everyone has the same issues where like you have your preferred techniques that you want to do, and then yeah, that's your A what, game. Yeah, yeah. But it's very difficult when you have your A game that you know, and you're sparring in class, and you're like someone's about to pass your guard. It's very difficult for your um. I know you say leave the ego at the door, but no one does. Like it's very difficult for your ego to have that person pass your guard because you're trying out something new. So. When you're, when that happens, you automatically go oh back into a game and then like no. return your guard. No, I struggle with it real bad. So what was I doing a few weeks back? I was a bit better today because I was um like I was trying to do the stuff that we did in the class and then the stuff that I couldn't do from the class. I just I tried to do a scissor sweep, which is my favourite sweep from yeah. close guard. But when I couldn't do that, I literally just started trying to do the flower sweep that um they were showing. Um, yeah, Michael Stevenson showed it, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But um like since coming back I'm a little bit better at it. But before, like because I was competing so heavily and because I was travelling so much. You had to stick to that one game. I was I didn't have to, but it's kind of what I fell back on and what I relied on, kind of. Yeah. Like, I, there is a part of me that thinks if I'm travelling to other gyms and I'm doing... Um, you don't want to look bad in front of people. Yeah, I don't want to... I don't want people to go, that gym can't be very good if... Uh, like, Especially when people are like, what's all the fuss about... Her when she's just come here and been smashed by every single person that's happened to like. You're too fire. worried about people's opinions, which is strange when you aren't really worried about people's opinions from it's, what you said. But it's a weird like, I don't care what people think about me, but I care about what people think about my um, coaches. It's like I I love training with other teams. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want. I don't want to make like the RGA box jujitsu look bad. <laughs> yeah, but everybody, everyone knows it's a really good gym. It's... I know this. You know this. No, but everybody like knows it's a good place to train. You know, as I said earlier, yeah. it's something that I won't mention again on here. Um, but yeah, it's a good gym. You know, I don't think you need to worry. I mean, um, a couple of weeks back, I was doing the competition class. I was taking it, and I was sparring, and it was one of the um, the newer ladies who's really good. But I've got 10 kilos on her. So I thought, well, my aim today, I knew I was doing a worm guard seminar. My aim today is I'll tap hands with her from standing. And my aim is to get to worm guard and lock it up. I'm not aiming for anything else other than to get to worm guard in active sparring. 
and that was my aim. And then I'd have a play and try and get back there uh, and things like that. And then um, what else? There was um, one of the other people was quite new. He's only just got his blue belt. And I wanted to just look at a wrist lock entry that I was trying. Mm. So everything I did was to try and set up that. But two very different things, you know. And then sometimes it's like, well, I just want to practice closed guard sweeps or I just know I want to get to this bit. And I will, you know, if something's really bad, I'll go, right, okay, I could do my A game, but actually I'm going to play my E game today, you know, and see how much I get smashed from that. Or I'm going to, you know, I I want to try and look at this new sweep or... Mm. And I'll, I'll sort of go with people. Obviously, if I'm against, like, Mikey, black belt instructor, <laughs> I can't play my E game no. because I'll just get killed. Yeah. So I play my A game. But I do try things. I'll sometimes try my B or C game. But I think if people are good training partners, they'll understand when yeah. you're trying things. Oh, yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. Like, I've had this conversation um, with someone on the podcast before in um, trying to match the level of the person that you're rolling with. So, especially when I'm fighting, like, new white belts, I don't... I'm not bringing my A-game to that fight at all. Like, no. that's when I do try new things, and I try to um, incorporate what we've done in the class. I try to let them get to a point where they could submit me, and then at the end, I, if they haven't managed to do it, I guide them through the submission. So, yeah. they can say they've tapped a black belt for the day, you know, and it's like, I don't care. Um, you mm. know, but I, I, I always try to let them do that. And I like to frustrate them a little bit. <laughs> Well, I don't keep like them at arm's length for a little bit. Oh no, I like to move, but I like them to advance. I want them to see that you can do it. Mm. You know, um, some people sometimes, you know, they if they come in and they're horrible, there's yeah. nothing more you know degrading than you you big man. You go and train with the seventy kilo woman over there. You know, the seventy kilo woman who's had a so now you're approaching forty handbook. Um, <laughs> you know, and and absolutely smashing the shit out of them. <laughs> you know, how degrading, but. If they can put up with, I think if, if a big bloke comes into your gym who's the, you know, big I am, which I'm lucky yeah. we don't have anyone like that. But if someone comes in and they come back after having that sort of an experience in terms of like, if they've been horrible mm. and then I've rolled with them, um, tap them maybe or whatever else, and they come back and they go, right, now I want to learn. Yeah. I take my hat off to them. You know, they've come back after that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just different. <laughs> and if isn't they it? don't, fuck them. If they don't, they can go to. Another gym. <laughs> I'm not saying that bit out loud. <laughs> anyway. Oh. It's been so fun talking to you today. <laughs> to yeah, but you've only recorded the last bit. You haven't recorded the, like, four hours beforehand. <laughs> <coughs> and sorry about all of the coughing. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, um... I did enjoy that when I met you this morning, I was introduced to you by you saying, I'm so sorry, but I have a stinking cold. And I was like, that's fine, it's fine. And then find out like halfway through <laughs> the day that you've been down in Cavonia. <laughs> and the main ingredient's alcohol. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but I've had a recommendation. What was fine. the other one I had to have instead? CBD oil. Is that the one? And... No, the other cough syrup that apparently gives you an even better hit than really? Cavonia. Oh, oh I didn't know. It? I didn't hear that. Oh, I can't remember. But there's one that's even better apparently at making you go a bit crazy. Oh. You'll probably listen back to this and it'll be all be absolute garbage from like yeah. That's how I feel about my voice in general. So like 
I torture myself by listening back to all of these podcasts, like, over and over obsessively. I hate my voice, and I'm a teacher, so I have to do it all the time, but it sounds terrible at the moment with this cold. So... It's fine. It's fine. Like, <laughs> you're on the podcast with me, so no one's going... Ugh. Oh, I don't know. You're not the one sniffing and spluttering everywhere. Yeah, but they can not They can imagine that I'm the one spitting and spluttering. <laughs> no, like, it's definitely me. <laughs> I walked into the gym this morning with a box of balm tissues, like, strapped to my gi, you know, going, I'm not going to train because I don't want to make everyone ill. <laughs> Where's the kimono? <laughs> I don't think you meant to have half a bottle at once. No, you're not supposed to down it, definitely. No, no. Well, it's sure. worked. <laughs> I haven't fallen asleep, have I? Well, it's the non-drowsy version, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's wrapped with so alcohol. alcohol. Alcohol and licorice root. <laughs> See, and you said that you didn't feel like you should have done this podcast. Well, I think it's a good thing that you've done it, because now... <laughs> I was going to phone and cancel and say I'm too ill. You're a bit loosey-goosey. <laughs> Like, it's, it's all fine. It's fine. Oh, God. Feel free to edit bits out where I'm just coughing. Just talking. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, I was speaking to Hayley last night. Okay. I told her I was coming to see you. And she said, she said I had to ask you two things for her. And one of them was, I think we spoke about it, but it might have been before the podcast okay. came on. How the hell are your grips so fucking tight? <laughs> Um, so I showed you my hands. You did, you did, the lovely hands. Um, so my hands don't straighten anymore. Um, and a lot of the discus throwing, um, and a lot of the hammer throwing. So, um, I once threw the hammer and you put your hands, obviously this is rubbish for the podcast, but you put your hands like this. Mm. So I did a hammer throw once and I turned and I turned my hands around my body. Um, I'm just doing like, you know, this yeah. is really useful for a podcast. But it's my hands fun. are just turning on the first bit. And I just heard a crack, 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 crack. Um, and as I threw the hammer, it was a 4K hammer. Um, and I broke every finger on both hands. <laughs> so <laughs> I had, um, yeah, so I had eight. I didn't break the thumbs, luckily, but I broke eight fingers. Um, so I got to that and I broke them there. And because of the hammer and the discus, I've broken my hands so many times that they've repaired but every time they repair um so my my bones repair really quickly I'm really lucky um they are soft knitted within three days so if I break a finger or a toe within a week I can be training again with it fully repaired 14 days for a really hard heel I have no idea why this works but it might be because of being fat as a kid that I put on more bone tissue I don't know I'd love a medical person to give me an answer but the um, but the bones are just ridiculously strong. And I think from all of that work on the athletics mm. and the hammer throwing and the discus throwing, I think the ligaments and the tendons and everything are quite strong as well. Um, and then I developed these horrible manky bone growths from um, doing a lot of the um, the jiu-jitsu stuff early on, like gripping mm. the geese and stuff. So I've developed a lot more bone tissue to support the hand strength. Um so I think that's helped. I haven't really done anything in particular to train my hands, but the sports involved. I mean, my hands look like they belong to a hundred year old woman, <laughs> but it's just They're through the discus, the hammer training, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a problem when I'm scuba diving because I can't undo all the gas tank, like the, the cylinders and that. That's a bit of a pain. It takes me a few seconds longer, you know, when I'm switching gases and stuff. But um, yeah. And now the worst thing is I've got arthritis in three of them. So now they lock. So even if I wanted to let go of a grip, I can't. 
So that's great for certain things, but not yeah. so great at other times. <laughs> so yeah, so the three fingers with arthritis just hold on and the grip won't go. Yeah, I have to admit when um I was uh when I came to the gym this morning I was like, right, I'm gonna have to like do some kind of sparring with you so that I could feel what this grip. <laughs> oh, is that why you shoved three people out of the way and ran in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, I'm going in, she's going to grab me, and we're going to see what this is like. Well, and we both actually need to train, like, when, when you're fully recovered and I'm not ill, so... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> I don't know if my ego can take it. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, but you're just, a, you're just a 70 kilogram woman, and I am this just big hulking mass <laughs> that is very opinionated. <laughs> And yet, in some competitions, we'd fight in the same category. So, bring it. Well, yeah. That's, bring it. That's very true. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> in a lot of competitions. Well, if, if you'd started back in, like, when, 2001, 2002, first competition I did, um, the women were all chucked in together. It was open belt, open age, open weight. Because why not? It was fun. You know, fighting a 14 and a half stone sambo wrestler. <laughs> it was great fun. So, yeah. So I think you suffer from the same affliction I do um, in that I really, really, really love being thrown. Like when it comes to like judo throws and stuff. And um, <laughs> I was telling you about Caroline earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every time I've sparred with her and we've done from stand up, she would always get me in something where I'm flying through the air. And I love that feeling. It's yes. Hilarious. And I laugh when I hit like I hit the ground and I, like sometimes I don't break my fall because I'm enjoying it too much. <laughs> and I'm a retard. Um, but, like, every single time, I'll just laugh afterwards. She'll she'll pass my guard straight away, and she'll get into side control or mount or whatever, and it doesn't matter, because I was thrown, and it was amazing. <laughs> my problem is I squeal when I get picked up, which is the most <laughs> pathetic thing ever. So I'll be rolling with someone, and then suddenly they'll pick me up, or something's being demonstrated on me, and I have a little squeak or a little squeal <laughs> like that, yeah. The most pathetic girly thing ever. And and I'm meant to be this, you know, oh I'm a hard black belt, you know, really tough hard Double black hard. belt. Yeah, really hard, you know. Um, and look yeah. at me. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Don't don't mess with all of this. Yeah, yeah, this is tough. This isn't really just a pathetic pizza eating machine, you know, that likes dogs. Anyway. Um yeah, but I squeal. So someone picks me up or throws me, I squeal. I'm really worried in competition. I'll just be going, hee. Or I'll go, hey! <laughs> I am prone to saying, um, like, when she throws you, I go, wee! <laughs> well, my first fight as a black belt, um, sorry, we've got off topic of hands, but um, my first fight as a black belt was against a person I'd lost to in the um, absolutes at the Europeans. And she told me a joke in the absolutes of the Europeans. So she told me this joke and I was like, we're not meant to talk. And so I thought, right, I'm going to get my revenge. So during, <laughs> during my first fight as a black belt, and I think it was London, I think, cause yeah, we'd, we'd both fought at brown belt at the Europeans that year. Um, and she'd beaten me and she went on to win the world championships as well at brown. And then she went again at black. Um, and I thought, right, I'm going to tell her a joke. So I'm there trying to bloody knee bar her. And she's, um, you know, from like grabbing her leg and doing some half guard roll. And I just whisper in her ear and tell her this joke. And she's like, shh, we can't, we're going to get DQ'd. I was like, 
you did it to me and we're having this conversation whilst the London Open's going on and everyone's watching like ooh female black belts you know and we're sat there having a laugh um, but yeah it was great fun so inappropriate noises and things yeah there will always be inappropriate noises when it comes to jujitsu. yeah well your aim is when you get your black belt then you've got to tell a joke I, without the referee noticing I reckon I could squeeze that in like it's just going DQ <laughs> That's actually put your belt back in, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, DQ's up. DQ's up. Yeah. <laughs> That's just Degeneration X from WWE. Or, no, I'm not even going to do that bit, no. <laughs> I'd show my age then with that. Like you're about to jump into the Macarena. No, no. Uh, uh, uh. Extreme oh, fishing? reeling them in. Yeah, uh-huh. extreme fishing. Robson Green, is it? Yeah. That's sad, isn't it? Sometimes I watch that just for the marine biology aspect, the fish. I'm <laughs> such a geek. At least it's like work related. It's fine. Like if you were telling me that you were watching it because you enjoyed Robson and Jerome when you were growing no. up. No, what, grown up. A um, little bit of up on the roof. Why not? <laughs> no, purely for the fish. I'm afraid I'm a right science geek. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Dear. Right. Like, like I said, my mum. Um, my mum's super, she's not super old, but she's old for people who, like, are my age, I would have thought. Um, like, my older brother is, what, 43, 44, so, like, my mum and dad are, like, are in their 70s and stuff, so I grew up with shocking, shocking music. <laughs> but I love 60s music because of it, because that's all we listened to when I was growing up, and, like, Herman's Hermit. Bang on, love it. Uh, <laughs> the Beatles, I can I could listen to it most of the day. But um like my dad was really into like seventies rock as well. So oh, cool. I love Very cool. all that shit as well. Yeah. And like it's weird how they dictate like odd parts of your life. And like, mm, don't get me wrong, I still like developed my own taste in music like f- later on in life. But yeah. I'll always have like a soft spot in my heart for those things. I'm quite glad I didn't develop my dad's taste in music. <laughs> um my dad was born um in inner city Birmingham, in quite a rough bit of Birmingham. Um yeah, hence you can tell my accent isn't actually real because it should actually be from the West Midlands. What? Yeah. So my dad um my dad's dad was a prisoner of war. He was a young lad brought over here, but he married a land girl, mm. which didn't go down very well in 1950s Birmingham. But um, it was the Windrush generation. So um, my dad's best mates when he was growing up were Jamaican. So my dad at one point, I'm sure he thought he was actually Rastafarian, you know. And so um, obviously being from Birmingham, it was UB40. Love it. So in the kitchen, it was always UB40. That was always on. Um, and it was always wine. like, yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that was sort of his upbringing. So that was the musical influence I had as a kid. And you were like, I am not listening to this no, shit. But it came on at the gym last week. <laughs> I was like, oh God, this is a blast from my childhood. You know, This is a throwback. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, my dad, so my dad grew up with his two best mates who were Jamaican and uh, they joined the army together at 15. Why not? So yeah, yeah. Hence I have no accent because I moved around so much. Yeah. So what you're saying is, like going back to a conversation Sorry, we were having Sorry, we were talking about fingers. No. We're talking about your grip. Oh, okay. You already gave We've got on to UB40. Okay. Yeah. We've gone to UB40. Okay. It's fine. So what you're saying is, if I was to say to you, 
I can click my fingers and you'll have any accent that you want. Yorkshire is what Yorkshire. you're saying. Yep. I snap my fingers and then everything comes in. That would be amazing. Uh, it would be Yorkshire or Northumberland. I don't know what that accent Kind is. of like a Newcastle, but with a... Bit, bit slower. <laughs> a bit more of a, an even slightly further north twang above the Newcastle. Those two would be the best. Because I, I got, we, my dad got posted to Germany when I was quite young. So I grew up and um, I had a German accent on my English, even though my dad was in the British Army. Love it. Um, so when I came back, I had this German accent, you know, <laughs> then we go to the shops. <laughs> Hello, Mother und Vater. Hello, Vater. Wie geht's? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Oh, my hund. She has Molly. Hello, Molly. Oh, they're just They're schleppen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I had this German accent. Um, so moving back in like 1986 to the West Midlands, uh, we got posted back to the West Midlands. Very good year. I have to just say it's a pretty, pretty yeah. brilliant year. Okay. Yeah, the year Nintendo released the NES, yeah. Yeah. Some pretty awesome people were born in that year as well. <laughs> they're pretty, pretty fucking decent, if you ask me. But imagine now having a German accent in the 80s going back to like the West Midlands. It didn't really go down too well. So I can imagine it went down a bit better than it would my have in, in the, like 50s. the 50s. <laughs> my dad was kicked out of his French lessons. Um, he wasn't allowed to go to school because they had someone who was from France teaching. And he said, but he was like 11. And he used to have to be, he was made to stand outside of his classrooms. He wasn't allowed in certain classes because what? his dad was German. Yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? That's insane. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even that. Fu- it's not even that. It's long not that ago. long ago, is it? And it's, it's like just scary. Some what? of the stuff that we accept as, you know, the norm. That, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I had speech therapy, um, and I ended up with this accent, even though my mum's from West Brom and my dad's from Birmingham. See, I would definitely go for Northern Ireland. Oh, that is nice. Mm. That's a good choice. I. So, obvious, my mum is uh, from Northern Ireland, Roman Catholic, obviously, because of all the oh, kids. With the babies, yeah. Yep. Um, we were all born in Northern Ireland, apart from my little brother. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, we call him Broken Condom, because um, <laughs> there's like 18 months between everyone until you get to me and my brother. And then um, there's six years between my twin and I and my little brother. So they decided not to have any more kids. They decided not to have any more kids, and then all of a sudden, boom, the golden child has arrived. (laughs) And, like, because everyone else was kind of grown when he came around, like, he was the child who could do no wrong. But free babysitting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But (laughs) all of my sisters and stuff were mean to me when I was growing up. They used to beat us up because we were so small. My sister used to rugby tackle me on the stairs. What? Yeah. She when used to, she used to beat me up. Some of my fondest memories are when my like because my dad was a lorry driver. He was he worked away a lot. My mum um she did loads of different jobs, but they were normally at night. So we were like left to our own devices in the evenings. And um I remember distinctly being zipped up in a sleeping bag and thrown down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank you for laughing at my pain. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. Oh, it's good fun. Yeah. Um, but also, like, we'd, um, oh, did you used to, like, slide down the stairs on your mattress? Mattress? Yeah, I got the mattress off we my bed. We didn't have mattresses, no. What? Yeah, you used to have to do it on, like, tiny bits of duvet. What? Yeah. When I was growing up, we only had duvet. No, we only we had... had a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> no, my sister used to take great delight in that, so um, she'd just push me down the stairs. Awesome. Yeah. Hello. Rough. 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 Rough? He's still wet. No, that's because he's been sprayed with a hose. <laughs> Bye, Sam. <laughs> just coming so, in to check everything's all right. My earliest memory. <laughs> Hello, Hi, Danny. Sam. What's up? Sam? Come here. Come here. Come here. Hello. Hello. Bork. Cat? Where's the cat? Where's the cat? <laughs> I'm a big scary German Shepherd. <laughs> Bye, Sam. <laughs> uh, my earliest memory. Sorry, Sam's really off-putting. <laughs> we should have shut the door. No. Okay. I refuse. And you are sat by the toy box as well, so we will just run in. Um, yeah. My earliest memory. Um, I think I was about three, and I got dressed up in a pink ski suit. Um, but my parents only bought one sledge. So I remember my sister shoving me off the sledge, stealing it, and then for great measure, pushing me down the hill. And it was Germany. These weren't hills. These were actually probably borderline mountains. So my sister used to just push me. It's like, it's no wonder I took up martial arts. I had to. She abuses me. She seemed to push you a lot. She, um, we got bunk beds. She threw me off the top bunk once. Love um, it. Yeah, because she wanted it. Yeah, yeah. She now lives near, um, she lives in Stone, um, and she takes great delight in wearing, like, the, the BJJ hoodies from my gym, um, because she's got a Daniel Strauss gym just near her, <laughs> and she keeps going and sort of chatting to them and stuff like that when she's there. Um, there's a pub right next door to it, so um, she keeps going over and, and sort of looking and going, oh, we saw three jiu-jitsu people today. <laughs> so, yeah, she's waiting for one of them to ask, why are you wearing that hoodie? <laughs> well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> well, would you like my sister to come over and do a training session with you? Yeah. Does she not train herself then? No. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't want to either. Why not? Um, I don't know. It's just not really her thing. Um, I mean, she loves travelling. She loves all stuff like that. She's older than me as well. Um, but it's just never really appealed to her. Yeah. Like, her hobby's drinking, to be fair. If you're going to have a hobby. Yeah, drinking and travelling. Um, yeah, she's never really been that into it. I mean, she was always like, you know, there was um, the army only pay for the first kid to go to private school. Mm-hmm. So my sister went to like one of the top boarding schools in the country. <laughs> I come along and they're like, yeah, we only pay for the first kid. So I go to Bogo Standard Schools. Um, <laughs> so my sister got to um, like she's grade eight music theory, violin, she plays the piano, everything, you know, speaks like three languages um me i picked up a clarinet and went oh, i did grade three you know and then she picks it up and plays like grade eight music on it i went well there's no point in that is there um so my sister's always been that one step ahead mm. but she hates sport so i was like oh if i do sport i can actually be better at her than something in your face yeah and then she just gives me a slap and says yeah calm down you're still my little sister <laughs> i think i was bullied <laughs> really yeah I think older siblings are just horrible, aren't they? I think they have to be. <laughs> it must be their manual. 
Definitely. It's like, oh. I, I was so used to having all the attention and then you, you, ugh. Oh no, I think my parents were quite glad when I came along. My sister was terrible. <laughs> yeah, she was horrible. She was called Heidi the Horror because Love she was it. that awful. Um, you know, she used to scream the place down. She was terrible. Um, and then I came along and they thought I was dead most of the time because I'd just sleep. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think they were quite glad. I mean, love it. There you go. Not really jujitsu related, but yeah. <laughs> like, um, I have asked my brother to like come to my classes and stuff so many times, literally so that I have a legitimate reason to choke him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like don't get me wrong like we're the best of friends but you know sometimes you just want to fucking strangle someone <laughs> um i'm too scared to do that with my sister <laughs> she would still beat me up it doesn't matter how trained you are i could have a black belt in everything and she would still put me in my place yeah i can see which that. is terrible <laughs> it's not that bad oh it is but like so i spent the past 18 months no, I've been living in Milton Keynes two years now, so the last two years, like, mm. just come to a class. Yeah, because you're taking some of the classes now, aren't you? You cover sometimes. I cover the women's class sometimes. Yeah. I just come to come to one of the classes, try it out. Like, yeah. I, I think you'd really enjoy well, it. I do Come think to the women's class and be my uki. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. It's fun. Yeah. But um, he's always just said, oh, no, 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 it doesn't appeal, it doesn't appeal. And he's just started doing uh, the Thai boxing classes oh, at brilliant. the same place. Yeah. And like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, it's it's literally just the next day. <laughs> Why couldn't it you... won't take long? Yeah. That's the main thing. If they've started at the gym. Oh yeah. It's the next step, it's isn't it? Like, Why don't you just try out this one other one other thing? But he's talking to me like, oh yeah, I'm doing a lot of this clinch stuff at the moment with some takedowns up. I'll show you some clinch oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you some clinch things. Like, his clinch game is fucking shit, so <laughs> I've been working on it. just started. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I haven't just started, so I'm not going to dampen my own skill level because of him. <sighs> He's not like everyone else. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're not going to do that some random white belt who turns up then? No. Okay. No, of course not. Just my brother. <laughs> just your brother. Okay, that's fair game. <laughs> like, we used to wrestle when we were kids. Um, we were big fans of WWE, so, like, our living room would become our wrestling ring. And, like, we'd jump off sofas and stuff doing, like, um, the Randy Savage elbow drop <laughs> from the top rope. And we'd really get into it. But, like, this is a better version of that. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, you come get on. to actually do it. See, I got bought a nurse's outfit, like a kid's dress-up outfit, when I was about three or four. Um, and you're like, quit putting these gendered stereotypes on me, mother and papa. No, I took the apron, made it into a cape. Love it. And used to climb on furniture like double wardrobes and jump off. Um, yeah, still do. Um, but used to um, get taken to hospital quite a lot because of the things I'd broken because I thought I was a superhero. So I'd never wore the nurse's outfit as a nurse's dress up. It was made into a... Um, it's a really old cartoon, but G-Force Battle of the Planets. It's really sexist now if you watch it, but Love it's it. terrible. But I used to make it into one of them and fly off things. So I jumped down the stairs because I thought I could. Well, why wouldn't yeah, I? <laughs> exactly. So I've broken everything, you know. See, I'm, I'm 32 years old and I've never broken a bone in my body. See, now you said that. Touch wood. But I've said it so many times, I've stopped caring. You'll break something. Doing jiu-jitsu, you'll break something. Mm. Like, like a I've thumb. Had... Oh my god! 
your, Look, your thumb creepy story. Thumb. It's oh. amazing. <laughs> but like, I've had near misses, obviously. Like, uh, someone uh, left an armbar on a little too long, and then like ex- hyperextended their hips, so like everything was a bit Ugh, for a little bit. But um, like that just turned into a sprain, and now like it hurts to extend, but yeah. it's fine. Um, I got my thumb caught when someone was passing my guard and that just bent all the way back. Ooh. But that's not, it's not terrible. But like, I've never had like anything, but the only thing I've had like serious problems with is my back. And like, I trapped my sciatic nerve last year, which was fucking awful. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know if everyone does this. I know I do it a lot. Um, I, I catastrophize in my head. So um, when I hurt my sciatic nerve after about three days, I was like, this is my life forever now. It's never going to get better. And I need to adjust. <laughs> I need to adjust to this level of pain. I think I think of it the other way around, though. I think, oh, it'll be fine. Like, I still think like I'm 18. Oh, it'll be fine by tomorrow. I'll go training. Yeah. <laughs> never. Oh, maybe I'll go to the doctor. Yeah. But if you watch people like Mackenzie Dern, I remember watching her. And she has no fear of that. She just rolls like and if uh, there's positions that she does that i wouldn't do because it'd break my neck yeah she just launches for them and i think so i do have that kind of barrier mm. like i won't roll and deliberately put my neck where it's going to snap in half you know um, yeah. but she does and i think that's that's maybe sometimes what's missing from my game that <laughs> death wish <laughs> but i think that's why she's as good as she is you know she's yeah she's prepared to put her body through that mm. But it might also come down to being hyper aware of what she's capable of as mm. well. Because like, she also has, um, <laughs> like, her dad is, like, insane. And jiu-jitsu has been a part of brilliant. her life yeah. forever. Yeah. And, um, like, she's probably just been in those positions so many times before. It's just like... That she's lost that fear of it yeah. and understands it more. Yeah. Yeah. But... Like starting later in life, it's it's you've already developed this fear of everything. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying yeah. to wean yourself back. But starting at like twenty one, twenty two, that's still quite early. If I'd been taught by a black belt, but mm. that's the problem being taught by people. You know, there wasn't coloured belts then. You know. Well, yeah, that's your problem. You were yeah. too eager to get in on the ground floor. <laughs> it's just... just as well I didn't wait. I'd be too broken. God. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You know, thirteen years to get a black belt. I am the advert that if you stick at something, you will get a black belt. <laughs> so, um, you're currently, you currently run Gracie Baha Long Eaton. Yes. And. Yeah. With two friends. Yes. Yeah. But you, who did you get your black belt from? Was that from Victor? Yeah, that was from Victor. Yeah. Um, so. When was it? Um, I got my blue belt in 2004, purple belt end of 2007, brown belt 2010. Um, and I got my black belt in 2013, uh, in the June. So um, Ben, husband Ben, signed me up to the, he said, oh, you need, you know, you've, you've had a break for 10 years. You've not competed. Mm. You need to do some competitions. Um, so in 2012, we said, well, shall I do the Europeans then? Stuff it. Let's go and see. I could be rubbish, could be yeah. good, who knows? Could be bloody amazing. <laughs> so um, I was training for that, 
um, thinking, yeah, I'll go. Uh, and on New Year's Eve, he drops the garage door on my head. <laughs> and um, I ended up going to hospital. Um, it was an accident. He hadn't put it up properly and I was walking behind him. Um, but some some of the things detached in my ear. So I was out of action for a few weeks. I missed the Europeans. So oh, I didn't no. think anything of it and left it. He signed me up for the Europeans in 2013. And I went out there um, and I meddled. And I thought, oh, turns out I'm all right. Yeah. Um, and he said, well, you know, big challenge. First competition in 10 years was the Europeans, right? Your second competition is the Worlds. So I'm sending you to LA. It's like, bloody hell. You know. Calm down. Yeah. Um, and... So as a brown belt, I went out there and I medalled. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think um, I think the issue at that time was, I think a lot of the guys who gave out black belts didn't know what standard a woman should be to get the black belt. Yeah. Um, and I know Victor said to me, you know, he said he he wasn't sure, like, what should a woman do to get to black belt? I, you know, I'd be the first person he'd have graded to black belt. Mm. Um, and he really wasn't sure. And so I went out to the world and I medalled. Um, which was awesome, you know, it was great, and it was brilliant fun just meeting all the black belts with no pressure on me at all, and I was just like, wow, you're a black belt, awesome. Um, <laughs> and training with loads of amazing la- ladies, um, Tammy Grigo, um, who's one of the American black belts, um, I just love her, absolutely brilliant lady, um, and she's just wonderful and so tough. Um, and she's just been out to the Masters, actually, and she, she had a terrible time in a weight division and won the absolute. I mean, her resilience <laughs> is just amazing. I mean, she's just brilliant. Mm. Um, and I came back and Victor saw me after I'd, I'd been off my fight and lost to Dominica um, and he said oh you know really shame you've lost you know um, but he hadn't realised it was the semi-final and I'd medalled um, and he came back and it was a few weeks after and he went well you've done everything you can you've medalled at the Europeans you've medalled at the Worlds Yeah. you know you've been a brown belt for three years now um, mm. you've done you've done your time you've done 13 years of training yeah um, you know, it's time for your black belt. Rightly so. Well, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and from there I thought, well, I'd better start competing a bit more. So, yeah. So why the 10-year gap? What made it so you... Why, why did you not want to compete? I wanted to compete. There was nobody co- to compete against. Oh. So I entered competitions and my money was returned. Uh, there were no other women. So there was nobody to fight. Um, that was the problem That's and after a couple of years of entering competitions you just think well you know we're talking like 2002 2003 2004 um there was just nobody i wasn't aware of the sort of international scene yeah um so it was like well there's no point so yeah. i just stopped competing um and then whilst i was not competing the scene took off i think like 2007 2008 it actually started that women were entering quite regularly now in britain mm. um and I suppose I should have gone back to it sooner. But I just got into the habit of not competing again. Well, yeah. I suppose kicking that habit is a bit weird, especially when you've been knocked so many times. Yeah. And just when you look at the entry list and you go, well, there's no one entered, there's no women. Mm. And you sort of email them and say, you know, oh, I'll, I'll fight if there's any other women. Oh, no, there's no women's category because no one's entered. Mm. You know, it was that sort of time. Just nobody did it. So, you know, there the weren't women training. Mm. You know, I mean, I was quite fortunate there was a girl at the gym before me, um, but she stopped. Um, you know, and I, I, it'd be great if she started back up again. She got her blue belt when I was still a white belt. Mm. So if she carried on, she would have been possibly one of the first or second black belts in the UK mm. if she just stuck at it, but she didn't. Shit. Yeah. That's insane, yo. 
Yeah, yeah. But there just weren't many people. There were hardly any women. Did they not try and stick you with the guys? Um, no. No, they didn't. They refused to do it. Yeah. Now, speaking to um, speaking to a few people who have been put in that situation, mm. it's just not a nice situation. So, Yarni from um, Denmark. Yeah. Um, she got put in because they didn't realise her name was female. She got entered into a male competition. Um, I was chatting to her and she got second place. Um, but the guy in third place refused to go on the podium. Mm. But I don't see... The, like, the men can't win in that situation. If you go hard and smash a woman, yeah, you, the bastard who smashed a woman. Mm. If you get beaten by the woman, you're the one who's lost to a woman. And I, I, the women can go in there and go balls to the wall and fight, yeah. but I don't think it's fair on the blokes. I don't think it's fair on anyone in that situation because mm. it's... Well, this is... I was put in that situation... Uh, last year um, one of the competitions really? I entered they said that we don't have any female competitors in your weight class but wow. we can put you in with the men and I was like no no, that's a lose-lose situation yes. for me like but not just for you it's it's worse for the men yeah yeah but like I was looking at it from a purely selfish point of view I yeah. was like if yeah. I go in there and I win then everyone's automatically going to think she's beating men how is she allowed to fight with the women? Mm. And if I go in there and lose, it's just what they're expecting anyway. Yeah. So it's like, it, there, there was no, no winning. No, I'll have my money back, thanks, and enter yeah. another competition. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no winning in that situation no. for anyone. No. But, um, yeah, it's, it's awkward. And but I, I think it's more awkward for the men, because we could go oh, in. yeah, definitely. If we lose, it's like, oh, well, that's what was meant to happen anyway. Yeah. But the men, it's it's hard either way for them, I think. Mm. And I wouldn't want to put blokes in that position. No. It is a bit of an inconvenience. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't... It'd be great if we were in a world where we could do that, but... Yeah. I don't think... No one's going to have their feelings hurt by being beaten by a woman in a competition. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, if you talk to the lads at my gym, you know, if I am on form, you mm. know, they are amazing because... They understand I've been training a long time and they don't mind if I catch them with something, you yeah. know, things like that. And They should expect it. <laughs> yeah, but that's why I love the guys I train with. You yeah. know, I think they're amazing. Um, and I think I think if there isn't a high-level woman at a gym, you know, I mean, you're lucky you've got Hayley. Mm. You know, I think a lot of the men go to other gyms and I don't think they train as well. I think, I think blokes who train with a high-level woman end up being much better mm. grapplers because of that. Um, oh, I think yeah. they've got better attitudes in the gym. I mean, as I said, the lads at my gym are just lovely. You know, mm. they have no egos with that at all. Yeah. Because, like, there have been a few places that I've trained where, like, we'll do the, like, uh, positional sparring mm. and then, like, you they have to come in, like, to fight me. And then, like, there's an apprehension that you see when they come yeah. over to fight me. And, like, it could be for a multitude of reasons, but then that makes that role difficult for both of us i know yeah. you don't want to be there and you're not going to try yeah like very hard so like, but it does take time i yeah. think it takes time to learn how to roll with a woman as well because mm. getting like i can roll however but i think sometimes men worry about how much weight and pressure they put on a woman yes and having to say like oh i'm not going to break yeah <laughs> i'm not going to break unless you do neon belly right on my sternum and pull all of your weight into it you know um and I think it's not so much us. I think they need a bit of time to adjust yeah. sometimes. And I find, I mean, some of the roles I have with blokes in the first couple of weeks, three months later, they don't give a toss, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're brilliant. <laughs> they're you know, they're all over the shop. Yeah, they're brilliant. And they've settled into the fact I'm just a training partner. 
Yes. You know, not not a woman who's delicate, you know. Mm. <coughs> I think so. a lot, like now you see a lot of men actually enjoy rolling with women because it forces them to focus on their technique. Like if they're yeah. stuck fighting other men, then it becomes a show of bravado and who's the strongest. Mm. But if they're fighting women, one, they don't want to use all their strength. Um, two... You're going to be more a more technical fighter underneath. <laughs> That's not me heavy panting this time. Molly! <laughs> Hi! Oh, don't shake your fat. <laughs> Hello, beautiful. <laughs> That's not me heavy panting on the microphones. You might have to cut all this bit out. It's of, me. Yeah. It's me. It's yeah. fine. Oh, she's now sat down, so she's just going to heavy pant in the doorway. Oh, bless her. It's fine. Everybody loves dogs. <laughs> Just not the panting down the microphone. <laughs> ah, it's fine. Oh dear. Um, I can't remember what I was saying. <laughs> you were the one who wanted to do this where the dogs are. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Like my life is enriched for meeting them both. <laughs> Sam biting you, well, biting your t-shirt. He. Like, he, it was a new person and he needed to uh, to uh, obtain dominance <laughs> and he did it he did it in spades okay and then he rolled over and gave you a toy yeah yeah <laughs> oh dear <laughs> it's fine it's fine dogs are awesome <laughs> I'd rather be bitten by a dog and not be a, than not be able to like you know pet them and stuff yeah I'll just clarify for legal purposes bite of t-shirt please don't come and take my dog away and put him down <laughs> it was just a nip. It yeah. was just like, oh, it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> I've had worse. Um, I did, um, when I lived in Liverpool, I did dog boarding and I looked after a German shepherd up yeah. there. Uh, her name was Mia and she was nine, but she had like arthritis in uh, some oh, of her right. bones and stuff. She was a bit rigid, but she didn't like other people. She liked her owner. Yeah. And that's it. And her owner was like really. <laughs> She's just going to have like a, she a podcast really... <laughs> of slobber and panting. It's fine. She was like really puzzled by the fact that um, when I met Mia for the first time, she stopped barking after about a minute. And like she let me hug her. <laughs> she was like, she doesn't do that to anyone. She doesn't do that to my partner, and he's lived with me for three years. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I love her. <laughs> and dogs can tell when you love them. I think dogs tell doggy people, don't they? Yeah. But now they're both sat in here. Because <laughs> you need to be protected from Sarah. something. Sarah. <laughs> Molly. That's it. They're just going to sit and pant now. Um, I was going to ask you another question yeah so we're talking briefly about um, engagement in jiu-jitsu and this is a question that I do tend to ask everyone about the female engagement within jiu-jitsu like you run your own club uh, with a couple or a few other people Uh, with two other people two other people yeah yeah. we've got lots of instructors like Michael Stevenson today yeah Um, Um, so how have you found the female engagement of the sport picking up uh, your club? Like, is there anything that you do to try to get more women engaged in the sport or is there anything like, yeah. 
what I will say is like you're one of the highest ranking females in the country. So like But that can go against it. How so? So I find it really hard to um relate to being a new female white belt. I find it really hard to relate to that. Um also because I I was already strength and conditioning and powerlifting mm. and stuff like that. I was already weightlifting. I find it very difficult to relate to someone coming in without any previous sort of sports experience. So I find that very difficult. Okay. So I think I'm kind of like a bloke in those situations where, <laughs> you know, when the blokes go completely the opposite way and end up being like a floppy old bit of lettuce sometimes <laughs> when you run with them because they're worried about hurting you. I think I go that way sometimes. Mm. Um, and I worry about, I worry about all the things Coddling that the blokes them. do. Yeah, yeah. But no, I worry about hurting them or, you know, things like that. And I have to remember <laughs> exactly what I say to the blokes about me. They're not delicate. Yeah. They're tough. They're not going to break. And yeah. so I find if they're in pain, they'll tap. Or they'll say, or hmm. I should be able to read it. And um, I mean, you know, we're we're starting to get women in. We haven't even advertised yet, and we've got a membership over like fifty odd. Um, which bearing in mind, we're not full time. This hmm. is our evening job. Um, we've all all three of us have got full time jobs. You know, it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah. but we've actually got now how many members? We've got four females now, and we haven't advertised yet. And these are women who are, um really tough mm. you know women who've come in with no previous experience and just gone stuff it i really enjoy it yeah um in fact no there's six of us in total yeah there's six of us now um but yeah and they're people who've you know just decided they're gonna have a go at this or someone said oh you know jiu-jitsu have you thought about trying it um and they've just got stuck in so i don't think i've done anything at the gym other than turn up mm. um but I suppose we should do more advertising, really. But I don't know. I prefer – I don't want to spam the yeah. gym down people's throats. I think actually word of mouth. We've had a couple of people join recently who've been to other gyms mm. and then come to us and gone, no, this is the atmosphere I prefer. Yeah. Um. I mean, I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were we meant to be drilling earlier and we ended up chatting for a whole section of what was meant to be a drill? Yeah. Yeah, so things like that. So I like I like chatting about stuff, but I don't think there's any problem with having a joke. I couldn't I couldn't do now, you know, the formal classes of martial arts, barring mm. I'll balance the mat and I'll show respect. But I like to have a laugh as well, it's a hobby. Mm. It's not you know, it's not life or death. Yeah. You know, it's it's important. Yeah. But it's not the only thing. It's not thing. your world. Yeah. Well kinda. Well it is because <laughs> I've made it that, but you know, if if the choice came up right, you've either got to take Molly to the vets or go training. Yeah. Molly wins every time. Well, Molly wins over most things. Well, Molly would win over everything, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the thing, and it's um, so it's not it's not my world. I yeah. love it, but um, and I lost I lost the love of it a few years back. I think when you train so often, you do get like the um, the peaks, the peaks and troughs. And troughs yeah. yeah. Um, and I had a massive trough at Brown Belt, which is why Ben entered me into the Europeans. Um. I mean, I stood in my garden with my brown belt and a can of petrol and a lighter. And I was like, right, I've had enough. And he said to me, I've given up 10 years of my life to get you to where you are. Mm-hmm. And he had. Um, and he said, there's no way you're going to stop before you get your black belt now. That's it. You are going to get a black belt in this martial art. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, that was, you know, that was what he said to me. <laughs> you're like, fine. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay. But I've had some real lows where I've just gone, I'm worthless. I can't do this. 
Oh, I have those days. <laughs> but I think the more you train, yeah. the more you have them. And I think people need to realise when you feel really low about it, everybody does. Yeah. Take a day off. Go and eat a pizza. Have a glass <laughs> of wine. All those naughty things you're not meant to do. And then come back with a fresh mindset of, okay, I'm just having a bad week. Yeah. Um, I got swept by one of my new blue belts a couple of weeks back, and it really hurts out of bad back. And he was so apologetic and absolutely lovely. And I was like, no, but you did it right. Yeah, that you was got an awesome week, technique. But the worst thing was, a week later, I was still feeling a bit like, mm, but the injury had gone. And he swept me again with the same bloody sweep. <laughs> I was like, no, that's legitimate now. You've you've actually swept me. Because it is. And I felt, I was like, damn, I'm really rubbish. But actually, it's not that. I just needed to realise his game's getting better and I'm being hit with things like that. So I shouldn't yeah. feel so bad about myself. Mm. I should actually be like, wow, these guys are good. Yeah, but you're contributing to up. their success as well. No, but it's okay to slip up. It's okay yeah. To, yeah. To, to do that, you know. Yeah. Like, um, I get hit by people in my gym. Like, there are a couple of people who started, like, roughly the same time as I did in yeah. RGA. And, like, before RGA, I trained in Liverpool for about eight months, yeah. nine months. But um, one of the girls I started training with... Um, she's kind of been there the whole time that I've been there. And yeah. like, I've been, a, I've been like two steps ahead roughly the whole time. Yeah. But now I've had this time out. She's like getting better and like, she's catching me with a lot of stuff now and we do the women's class. But that's okay. But it's awesome. I love it's it. it's drive now for you to yeah. get back. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And like, especially like I, I really enjoy the coaching aspect of it. Like when Haley asks me if I want to take uh, one of the female classes, I'm like, I wonder what I'm going to teach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy it. And like, um, I have like, everyone has like little things that they do for certain moves that kind of make it your own. Yes. Um, so there are a couple of things I do that I've shown to other people in the class. And like when they hit something like that, like, I see them do it and I have like these really uh, great pangs of like pride. <laughs> in there's like, nothing worse, oh, but also better yeah. than being hit by your own technique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I really enjoy that aspect of it. And um, like, I would like to get into coaching like further down the line. Mm. Like I'm not ready for it yet. Definitely. But like when I get to like higher purple or brown, like that's, something that I'm going to look into most yeah. definitely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I get hit with, um, weird things as well. Like I, the only time I get down when I'm rolling with people is when someone's muscled through something and I feel <laughs> like my base should have been stronger. Like, <laughs> yeah. But sometimes if someone's a real dick, I'm actually, <laughs> I'll actually say, well, that's not going to work in your weight category. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got it on me. If it's like, if you can tell they've just bench pressed you, mm. it's like, right, that's great. You've got the points on me. You're not going to be fighting me. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you're going to be fighting someone 30 kilos heavier <clears throat> and, um, you know, in your category. Mm. So let's tidy up your technique a bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that, again, that doesn't happen at my gym. The yeah. guys are great, you know, they're absolutely brilliant. Um, but it has happened at other gyms I've visited. You know, it's like, what's the point? You know, that's not a good technique. Um, yeah. And, you know, 
if you say, right, you're 100 kilos, go and train with that 100 kilo bloke over there and try that on him. Mm. If that works <laughs> on him, it's a legitimate technique, but I bet it won't. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. But yeah, I've... Who did I say it to? I think I said it on the last podcast. Like, the thing I enjoy about jiu-jitsu is you, you kind of learn everything at the very beginning. And then, like, when you hit, like, mid-blue to the rest of your belts, you're learning tiny perfections <laughs> on the things that you already know. So <clears throat> the thing that I love about jiu-jitsu the most is the fact that everybody knows the same things but everybody's body works in a different way. So their jiu-jitsu is going to be based on how their body works yeah. and not on, like, how you how your body works. So yeah. I like the fact that it's it's accessible to everyone. That's why, mm. that's why I believe, like, the term came around, like, BJJ is for everyone. Mm. Um, because Except when you get your black belt, you will feel <laughs> more like a white belt Oh yeah. Ever. But I realised like, oh god, that was all the warm up. Okay, now I need to actually start learning stuff. I think I was having this conversation with Samantha Cook yeah. a little while ago. Um No, was it some I was speaking to someone and it's like everything leading up to Black Belt is literally just the practice run. Yeah. Like it's not you don't really start learning properly until you hit Black Belt. And like you can go to as many seminars as you want and do whatever you can, but if you don't have like the like if you don't have the time put in, <laughs> you're not going to be able to apply everything that you learn. Yeah. Oh, Sam agrees. I forgot Sam was there. Oh, okay. Bless <laughs> his little socks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I was. I didn't know what I'd expect when I got my black belt, but I well, felt more you like got a your black belt, ironically, because <laughs> you were going to set fire to your brown. Yeah, maybe Victor <laughs> realised that. No, um, but no, the um, I felt more like a white. I felt like I knew nothing. Okay. Suddenly, you're thrown into this this field where you could be fighting someone who's had their black belt a week, yeah, or twenty years. And um, I fought a lady in Brazil um, in the international masters, and she was a three or four stripe black belt. She's one of the highest ranked women in the uh, not ranked, but. Um, highest degree women in yeah. the world um, and she dropped down to Masters 1 to fight um, even though she was like Masters 3 or something and I wish I could remember her name I need to look it up um, but she um, she fought me and I'd, I'd had my black belt a year and mm. I worked out I think she got her black belt or been training when I was at primary school and I was like <laughs> this is just ridiculous and um, so I, I was used to fighting 10 minute rounds but it was 6 because it was the Masters and I inverted and um, I grabbed her leg and it was like, this is a bit easy. And I grabbed her leg and I got a knee ready for a knee bar from it upside down. And I was like, I was like, oh, I bet I look amazing doing this. I'm going to bloody tap her. Excellent. You know, I'm going to meddle and get into the absolute finals. And, you know, and um, she started laughing. And I was like, and she just said, she said, and I, I just, I heard the, the, the clock and, you know, she said, I can tell you're used to 10 minute rounds. She said, it's six minutes, darling. And uh, the bell went, and she said, I just thought I'd let you play. I was like, oh, my God. And she le- she just toyed with me for six minutes, got two <laughs> points, and then just sat and let me have a play trying to get her leg. And I felt, like, this big. Oh my God. And she was so lovely, but I, I felt like such a noob. Like, 
I, I felt like a proper white belt at that point. And that was the moment I realised when you get your black belt, it's starting again. It's your yeah. white belt again. You know, like in the UK, you walk around, you put a black belt on at comps and people mm. go, oh, black belt. Oh, oh. Yeah. You do that in Brazil and people go, Doesn't get out of the way. Anything. I'm an eighth degree. Move, little black belt, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was having to move out of the way for these four, fourth degree, eight, there was an eighth degree guy there, you know, and I was moving out of the way for these people. As a black belt, I was getting shoved out of the way. I was like, wow. You know, it's so different. But yeah. like, I have, um, so I've had this conversation a few times with people about, um, when, in, when is it right to start competing in Jiu Jitsu? Um, and I've, I have friends who tell me, oh, I'm not going to start competing until, like, I'm a blue belt. Like, that's when I'm, I feel like I'm going to be comfortable, um, like, fighting in a competition. And there's other people who are just like, I just want to go now. Like, they've got six weeks of, like, they, they know enough to not get hurt, essentially. And it's like, I just want to tell my friends, like, you're never going to be prepared. Like, there's nothing that can really prepare you for a competition. And if you wait till your blue belt, that means that you're going to be fighting someone either who's just got their blue belt like you or someone who's had their blue belt four or five years. And like, there's well, you a could wait till brown belt, like, you know, <laughs> have a 10 year break, you know, <laughs> why not? Yeah. Uh, but like there is, there's a big disparity and like white belt, I feel like white belt is the belt to compete at. Because it gets the nerves about competing out of the way. And, like, you don't have to worry so much about it. Yeah, it just and depends on the person, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, because, I mean, if they've come from a competitive sports background and they don't want to compete, yeah, they don't have to compete. And I think, I think what's right for that person is right for that person. And, you know, whatever decision they make is right at that time. Mm. If they change their mind later and go, oh, I wish I competed more. Well, you didn't. So, tough. You can't do anything <laughs> about it, can you? You know, um, but I think... I think a lot of pressure is put on people to compete. And I think everyone should try it once. But yeah, I think as someone who does, I mean, I have competed regularly um, until the thumb injury. Um, I think it's okay not to want to compete. If you don't want to compete, yeah, I think you can still enjoy the sport as a hobby. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think, but we look down on people. Competitors look down on people who do that. Yeah. And I think, you know, try it once. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it. it, it yeah. Unless it's your job. You know, and if it's your job and you don't like competing, well, you've chosen probably the wrong job. Mm. Um, but I think, I think maybe I don't want to judge people. I try to push the guys at the gym, like do it once, and if you like it, yeah. brilliant. But if you don't feel ready, well, I think you're ready. Maybe that will help you. But mm. if they don't want to do it, I don't think they need to. Yeah, yeah. and that's probably why we're not. Um, <laughs> we don't send loads of competitors off to competitions. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our guys. I mean, you saw the average age there today. There was a lot of people with families. Yeah. It's not, it's enough for them to compete in the gym. It's enough to be able to get to training four times a week, you know, and that's, yeah. that's a big enough competition for them. Which um, makes sense. A lot of them, like the lad you spoke to at the end, um, who I've managed to persuade to make a cake. Um, <laughs> so Craig, um, he did rugby for years. He's mm. competed at rugby. He's done all of that. And yeah, he will compete at jujitsu, mm. but he's already had that massive career of competing. Yeah, um, you know, he doesn't need it as a feather in the cap. Yeah, he, yeah, he's got no ego. He yeah. doesn't have anything to prove. If anyone wants him to prove themselves, he'll take them on the rugby pitch yeah. and double leg them. You know, I mean, <laughs> so I Why think not? I think each case needs looking at, and I don't think mm. I don't think we can really judge what someone else is thinking. No, there's no one size fits all. Yeah, thing. Yeah, 
Um, like there are also times where like sometimes people need to kick up the ass, but because yeah. they are good. Yes. If they're oven and arming, sometimes you know. But but sometimes like I feel that um, their trepidation can be justified. Um, there's there's a guy who used to train at RGA who um, I'm just gonna say his name. He's a real piece of shit. His name's uh, Sebastian or Seb. And um, his first competition, someone went to jump his guard and snapped his leg. Literally, first match, first competition, he's out with an injury for six months. Wow. <laughs> and uh, after that moment, it was like, never competing again. And I'm like, that's justified. Because <laughs> I know that it would be just his luck that he goes into his next competition, someone jumps guard and does the same thing again. <laughs> There's a part of me that's praying for that to happen. I feel <laughs> like I, I think it would be funny. I feel like I should mention at this point the other person who owns the gym. <laughs> oh, so no. the other person who owns the gym is is the lovely Mark, Mark Kidd, and at the British two years ago. So he won the British, um, hmm. and then he did the British Nogi. <coughs> and someone jumped guard, and he just got his leg at the wrong angle. Yeah. And his knee went. <sighs> and he's had a year of surgery physio everything it's probably why he's not got his black belt yet you know he's mm. i mean he's fantastic he's amazing to train with oh yeah um and he was coaching the kids class after this morning absolutely brilliant but he's going to compete again when he feels um, he's been taking quite a bit of time to be able to actually get his knee flexible again mm. but it can happen it could happen at white belt but it can happen to a very experienced brown belt as well yeah and you think well and it's not put him off hopefully so maybe that other guy even if he is horrible Maybe he no. does need to give it another go. <laughs> He's know. not horrible. Don't, okay. don't get me wrong. Oh, okay. I love him, but I, I call him a piece of shit because he's a piece of shit. But he's, he's hilarious. And I love oh, okay. Him. <laughs> I love him very much. Okay. But, um, yeah, like, I just thought, like, when uh, either he told me the story or Hayley told me the story, and I couldn't stop laughing when they told me, but, like, that's my reaction to... That would be, like, the worst ever. Yeah. <laughs> first combat experience <laughs> it's like first ever competition experience and you're taken out, <laughs> out of the sport like that's insane so my first comp um the day before Braulio had done a seminar mm. um and he'd demonstrated a helicopter armbar on me and put my neck out and damaged all my <laughs> neck muscles because why not so on the on the saturday sorry sam on the saturday or the sunday whatever the comp was um it was, um, I got through to the final and I'd fought the same bloody girl that I'd beaten before because that's how women's comps went. Yeah. But I dosed myself up with painkillers and all of this stuff and I'd like <clears throat> spread like deep heat all over me just because I couldn't move my neck. Yeah. And the women's fights got put back to like seven o'clock at night, oh. the final. So they'd packed away all the mats except ours and were taking away like the competition area. They'd actually removed half the competition area by the time we'd gone on and what? were packing away fully. And all I remember is, as this girl beat me in the final, was cursing Braulio for having helicopter arm barred me. <laughs> and I just thought, this is like the worst <clears throat> preparation ever. And I couldn't move my head because mm. it had all frozen up. And I couldn't move like the top half of my body because I was in such agony. And the painkillers had worn off, so I was really like sleepy. Mm. So that was my first final. So there you go. So I don't think anyone has like that's that amazing. bad an experience. Yeah, oh, like dear. everyone's gonna have a bad experience at competition. Like, oh yeah, I don't think anyone's had like a clean run. 
That um, would be weird. I had an awful one at the Europeans at Black Belt. Um, and the world. Um, <laughs> I've had a terrible world once. All the other worlds have been great, but um, yeah, I had a Europeans and uh, just this black belt on top of my back, you know, crushing the crap out of me. I was like, I just sat there and I thought, this is ridiculous. This is this is even worse pressure than when Victor takes you back, you know. Her pressure was just ridiculous. And I mean, I idolise this woman as well. Um, and so fighting her was like a real honour. Yeah. But I wasn't in a good place. And I just thought, <laughs> This is like the worst I've ever fought because so far all people have seen, and I know people were watching on the stream as well, all people have seen is she's taken my back, she's flattened me, and now she's going to choke me. And I thought, do you know what? This is just agony. And I thought, so I'm there defending away. And I thought, if I just lift my head a bit, she can choke me and then I can actually get off the mat a few minutes earlier. <laughs> I thought, I'll just lift my chin a bit. And a hand came in. I was like, no, I'm better than this. And... Um, so I shoved a hand out and I defended. I didn't get her off my back, but I defended for an extra six minutes. And it was bloody hard work. And people yeah. wouldn't have seen it, but it was probably one of the hardest things I've had to do in fighting. And then I get sent off the mat and it's a bloody round robin. I hadn't timed, but they put me back on after two minutes. So after the worst fight I've ever had, they put me straight back on against this fresh competitor who was a third degree black belt from Brazil. What? And I had to fight her. And I was like emotional state had just uh, my mental state had just <laughs> gone um i was like this is truly the worst experience i've ever had at black belt it was horrendous you know and i just thought wow that's terrible um so you went into that second fight and you thought you know what I'm i'd just... lost it before i went on to be fair it was awful what's your telling me this wasn't your underdog story of how no, you it's were going to smash this second person so you could beat oh, no. that other woman in the final she, I, I did slightly better I think I managed to get a, a pass hmm. and I think I swept her I actually got some points on the board in that one but oh it was awful <laughs> it was probably the worst worst I've gone to and then <laughs> um, after that luckily I did a few more comps where I actually fought better and got some wins so hmm. you know but it's just oh, it's just depressing when you haven't won you know and you think ugh yeah, but you have to laugh. <laughs> well, you do, and it meant that you know, like the first time I won double gold at black belt, it meant I went, yeah, wow, okay, I'm all right. You understood what it it actually took, yes. and what it meant, yeah. So it had a lot more meaning for you when you did go out and win like the double yeah. gold. Like if you'd gone and won double gold in your first uh, competition at black belt, then it would have been a bit like. Oh, I didn't think it was going to be this yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah, and it shouldn't be easy, you know. <laughs> no. But I think I was probably being a bit harsh on myself. I mean, that Europeans, it was a second degree and a third degree black belt, you know. I mean, yeah. I'd had my black belt, what, a year, a year and a half. And they're like <laughs> looking, you know, I might as well be a white belt going against them, you know. So, hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, that wasn't a great experience. No, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I haven't had any really bad experiences at competition Um yeah, even like the whole Wilson thing, um, he didn't put anything, um, he didn't say anything at the competition. He just put all that stuff on the underground, like the day or a few days afterwards. It's like, oh, these the when the massive yeah. Facebook thing came yeah. out. So yeah. when yeah, um, it was the second one in August. I fought two of the girls from his uh, gym, uh, and. One of them is a good friend of mine, and mm. the other one I'd never fought before. And the first fight I won uh, with an Americana, but I didn't, like, I literally just locked my arms, 
and um, she uh, reaction tapped because she was uh, preparing for the competition and she got to the point where she didn't want to get injured so she just tapped when she felt yeah. it coming on and then <laughs> that was her reaction so she tapped yeah. early. A lot of that is like white belt stuff though isn't it? You don't, yeah. you know, the reason black belts get injured is because they don't reaction tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, And the second fight was uh, a grueling fight like uh, I finished it in, I think there was about 15, 20 seconds to go, and I got a finish, but that's because we were both so fucking tired. Like, we spent, um, I got a, I got a takedown, and then we spent a whole load of, uh, I spent a lot of time trying to pass guard and stuff, and like, we were both, uh, visibly tired. Like, I watched the footage a few times. Like, we got back up about four minutes, and then I got a takedown, and I got to um, side control, and my go-to finish is American, uh, Americana from side mm. control, so I mm. locked that in and got it. And then, like, the way he was talking about the the fight on the underground was, like, I'd walked into both of those fights and literally just pushed them to the floor and submitted them in seconds. Mm. And it's like, you're diminishing the... Fight put up by yeah, your team, yeah. Exactly. You're, de- but you're you've diminishing been their skill. This is the thing. You've yeah. been beaten. Yeah. Yeah. A few times. Yeah. Now, like yeah. when I did the interview with Dan, I I was beaten uh, once, and since then I've gone on to be beaten by a few more people. <laughs> and let's talk more about your losses. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> but no, like like I said, I get a lot out <coughs> of the losses. Yeah. Um, yeah. I lost to a woman. I. I get her name wrong all the time. Uh, I think it's Brienne, but it might be Bryony. It's Brienne Tyrell, the MMA fighter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, she out-wrestled me and literally... She's probably more experienced, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she was she was savage and she really messed me up. Uh, I lost to... Uh, I had to fight Caroline, uh, the, um, the girl from RGA bucks and like i lost about twice that day once in the um what's it called in the group other in the absolute and every single time i had the time of my life it was amazing like (laughs) even a competition like she took me down with a foot sweep and i was like it's like that's cheating you're a judo person But it was so perfect. <laughs> I couldn't hate on it. I loved it so much. <laughs> but like, um, losing's fine with me. Um, I wouldn't have taken as much of an issue to what Wilson had said mm-hmm. had he not pretty much said that the women he has fighting at his club are shit. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were both brilliant on the mm-hmm. day. And like, yes, we we tired each other out and it was it was a long bloody fight but at the same time she could have just as easily got the finish on me yeah with 15 seconds to go yeah yeah and it's like how how can you how can you value your team so little mm. that you're willing to go on a public forum and say that this is what i did to these people in mm. And it's only because of this one thing that I won. It's like, yeah, no, that's not fair. But again, I could go up against, I don't know, when I was a white belt, I could have had 
because I was a white belt for so long, yeah. I could have had three and a half years experience over the someone that I was fighting. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I could have done a lot more strength and conditioning work. I mean, it's, it's difficult to judge because, you know, there's not that many belts. No. But, like, there are too many... Um, this is where I start to lose my words. <laughs> like, there are too many different components at play yeah. in any match for someone to say, this is why they won. Yeah. Because like, it's going to be a combination of a lot of different things. And um, that's what makes it such a, a great sport. Mm. Like, it's not always going to be the fittest person who wins. It's not always going to be the, the smartest. Mm. It's going to be the best person on the day. Mm. And, like, I could have gone into that fight like with a different mindset like someone yeah. could have said something to me before the fight and it would have been hers yeah like the last worlds i did yeah i was in the best shape of my life i trained like anything and then a few bits happened and i sat there for 10 minutes and lost to someone that i should have easily beaten and <laughs> and that was that because i'd lost it completely yeah and it you know it just happens exactly but like <sighs> I get that I have some advantages over other people, but they also have some advantages over me. And I don't see how, like, I, I can see why people would be more um, averse to my advantages to other people's. But mm. that's a matter of perspective more than anything else. And I don't know, like, like I said, I haven't had like a bad experience in jujitsu at competition everyone's been super lovely everyone's been like really nice i speak to everyone that i see and like people come up to me at competitions and they're like oh i've heard your thing on uh the raspberry podcast and like i I've, I've met so many really cool people that way yeah um and like i have to say like <laughs> the the whole underground thing has probably done more to help me than it has to hinder me in the sport which yeah. has been quite nice yeah um but like i wouldn't have started doing this had it not been for that because that gave me the push to actually want to give back a bit more mm. the whole point of this podcast is to kind of help female engagement in the sport by showing people that you have people you have women in the sport who are very high level you have women in the sport who suffer from uh like chronic illnesses from yeah. um mental illnesses from yeah. from everything mm. and it's it's not a matter for a lot, of, it's the escape yeah. this is the escape for it exactly yeah and it it has nothing to do with physicality it has some things to do with physicality but there are so many different components that everyone can find something mm. and that's mm. what i i i I enjoy it for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah. But I think sometimes when it's not fun, you need to be aware of that and just <laughs> yeah. take that step back. Yeah. Definitely. Just identifying why it's not fun at that time. That's the difficult part. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of the time it's when people get too serious with it. Yeah. Um, I think some things can happen. I think sometimes people have got to accept they're not going to win the Black Belt Adult World Championships if they're, say, 40. Um <laughs> They might do, but They'd the chances have to be are very it's, gifting. Yes, the the odds are stacked against them, but that just means there's no pressure if they do it. Then mm. Brilliant. Um, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have one more 
like pre-thought question and it's, okay it's, it's again it's another well you've already that... had to cancel one appointment because we've been nattering too long um <laughs> I feel really bad. I've kept you like here all day. <laughs> it's fine. It's been a really fun day. Um, the only other thing I, I tend to ask everyone is about, again, about female engagement in the sport and um, what you would do to improve it, uh, like either personally or within the sport to help improve the engagement at all levels, I suppose. Um, it really needs to get people a lot younger. Um, so I am on the council for the UK BJJA, mm. um, but I don't have a major serious sort of role in that, but I have started looking at some of the school stuff for that. And I've been speaking to a few people, um, and there are some people out there doing school projects, um, and getting in mm. and doing like a six week program. The big thing at the moment, I think if the UK BJJA can get their, um, Sport England status through, yeah, um, it means we can start offering stuff in schools and I think if you can do girls only tuition in schools if you can do the six-week program and then um, the school can get like um, a satellite club status mm. if people can start offering that if you can get people young enough I mean like Brazil the kids are training <coughs> from birth you know I mean it's crazy <laughs> they come and out in a game <laughs> well yeah pretty much but it's normal to train martial arts and if we can make it normal to have the choice of training in martial art i think um i think the schools is where it's at because by the time they get to us when they're 18 mm. it can be too late or they've got other things that are a yeah. priority so they can't focus as much you know it's quite rare to get people like sam like vanessa and those really high level people in britain who don't have that full-time job they've got well i mean i know they both have jobs as well but um you know having the ability to put that to one side to train fully to train to that highest level mm. But if we catch people young enough and say that this is a viable option as a career, yeah, you know, we could do that. I mean, and also I think more talent spotting. I mean, there's a girl at my school. Um, <clears throat> I've been doing some classes on a Wednesday after school for um, girls who don't want to do PE. You know, the people who are permanently on their period. They don't want to do PE. <laughs> yeah, they get a letter every week. Do you want your period again? Oh, okay, you're not doing PE. Um, it's one of them. And she's about, oh, she's about four foot, but she weighs about probably 30 kilos. But, you know, I could see her doing MMA. She could be a professional MMA fighter from what I've seen already, from how much she lifts with her weights, her cardio, her strength and conditioning work. And, I mean, she's, what, she's 12? And she punches. Her punches have gone from being a bit pathetic to now. If you take a, So we used to be able to do the punching without protective gear on. Um, one of the blokes comes in who's lovely. Um, he's absolutely lovely, and he wins, like, um, awards for how amazing he is in schools and does all this work. And um, he used to get the girls just punching without. And now he has to put the protective gear on because she's hitting that hard. <laughs> so six months of work with her has got to the point where, I mean, if she wanted to have this as a career, she could. But we still don't see that as a legitimate career in this country. Mm. But if we were talent spotting like that and then honing those skills in those girls, we could really push them. Mm. You know, I think there's a big attitude change that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, like. But it's got to happen at that lower level. It can't be when, you know, you talent spot someone at 30. Because it's not going to be... Yeah. Like, they're never going to have the same level. It's the same with the Olympics. Like, you've got people training from, like, five, six years yeah. old to go and compete when they're of age. And, yeah. like, you can't have... Like, how often do you see sprinters who are just like, I took it up as a hobby when I was 15. <laughs> yeah, and it does happen, but it's rare. 
Yeah. The main people who succeed are the ones who are from a very early age. I mean, but it does happen. I mean, a lot of our top guys in this country at the moment are people who took it up in their teens or, you know, things like that. They were a lot older than, say, mm. you know, your 100 metre sprinters, but they're still absolutely amazing, absolutely brilliant. And what they do is, you know, it's, it's remarkable. Really remarkable, yeah. yeah. Um, but if we want to have regular, good, high level success, I think we've got to access the students earlier. Mm. So I think the schools programme would work. Um, it would be nice to see high level competitors in the UK giving up more of their time to support programs like that mm. um, you know I think it would be good to see people giving back more to the community people who say had their careers in that um, going and offering things because a lot of the time young <laughs> alright mate go on Sam eat it <laughs> Sam's on it yeah um <laughs> I think a lot of the time, like, you put on a seminar with a high-level black belt, and I know they've got to make money. It's their living if it's their job. Yeah. But it's 50 quid. Mm. Parent can't justify that. Mm-mm. You know, um, a young kid who wants to meet their hero, you know, things like that. And they, I think it'd be nice to see, say, yeah, the adult class is 50 quid. Yeah. But you know what, the kids' class, you know, do it for free. Yeah. Or whack a tenner on it, you know. Or as long as you're – you've still got to make money. I understand that. It's their yeah. job. But there's got to be some way of doing it, you know, or having, I don't know, if you actually have the gym in the UK, um, offering mm. something for the kids as well to yeah. get them into it. Um, you know, I, I think it just needs something else. Mm. Like, like I, I run my own competition at the moment. And, um, like, the one thing that I've taken the most from it is that it's not cheap. Like, no, and you can't do it at a loss. No. Things can't be done at a loss because otherwise that's pressure on you. Well, so I've I ran my competition last year to a loss, and I'm running it this year, and it will again be to a loss. And I have no issues with with that whatsoever. Like I have uh, an okay job, and I can mm. subsidise that because. I wanted to provide um, a competition that is fun for women to enter and they're taken seriously. Yeah. Because there are a lot of competitions where female competitors are and and kid competitors mm. as well. Like they're kind of like an afterthought. Yeah, often the, shoved to the side. Yeah. yeah. Not so much now, it's getting better, but <clears throat> Yeah, but like at the autumn open, I was uh, due to fight in my absolute at uh, what time was it? Like half four. Mm. I was like, cool. So I got down to the, the pen half four and I wasn't called to my fight until quarter past seven. And it's like, that's insane because they that's put what all used the, to happen. They put all the happen. men on before. Yeah. It just so they happen. could get out. But, um, yeah, like I think it, like this is my own self inflated <laughs> ego talking, but like, I consider my competition important because it's been nice seeing the feedback that I've received mm. from the women in the sport who say that they really enjoyed the competition last time. The environment in the competition was just something that they hadn't experienced before mm. because you go to competitions and it's very much you versus everyone. But she, um, who was I speaking to? It was Sophie Nunes um, in my last podcast. She was saying that she was coaching some of the girls there and at the same time she was looking over at like 
uh, four purple belts just chatting to each other. They're all going to be fighting in it, but they're all really good friends. Yeah. And it's the same with the other women there. Like the whole point of getting all of these women together to fight is so that they actually start to talk and interact with one another. Yeah. And it's like, it'll be so much easier to get more, um, people in competitions if they realize that they're not alone at those competitions. Yeah. So like, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if you're going to fight this person as long as you can understand that when, <laughs> before the fight, we can do whatever we want with best friends. During the fight, it's a fight. Yeah. Afterwards, we're still good friends. Mm. Like nothing that happens yeah. in the fight is going to change anything in our relationship. One person's going to win. One person's going to lose. That's just the thing. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, like that's, my whole reasoning yeah. for putting on the competition. Like I, I felt it was necessary because I didn't like the environments of the competitions mm. that I went to. And I found that especially if someone's smaller or they're not very confident in their jiu-jitsu, it can be very intimidating. Mm. So like I thought, fuck it, I'll get a bouncy castle and a photo booth. And You need a mat five. You know, the, uh, is it the... Oh, it's yeah. Alex D'Souza's comp, isn't it? Where they have mm. the Who's Afraid of Mat 5, is that right? I think that's it, yeah. yeah. You need one the, of them so the black belts the can take part. Well, I <laughs> last year I tried to arrange a super fight mm. between... I think it was Vanessa and Sam. But um, they were both out at Worlds because I did it at the beginning of September. Yeah. Wasn't the Worlds... It was at ADCC. I yeah. I think it was ADCC. It was something. Yeah. They couldn't make it. And they had Polaris as well, didn't they? So, mm. yeah. But, um... No. Oh, she's going to hate me for forgetting her name. <laughs> you so forgetting her name? Names. <laughs> oh, my God. You've been talking about Sam and Vanessa all day. and oh It's because they've meddled at the world. That's why. Because they're both awesome. Oh. <laughs> Leonie. Ah, Leonie, yeah. Um. That's who I got in contact with, Sam and Leonie. Who meddled at the World Masters. Yay. Um, She's going to be one of the next people I speak to as well. (laughs) I'm very excited about speaking to her. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I wanted to do something special for the day, but I Mm. wasn't able to arrange it given the amount of time. Like I threw it together in eight weeks. Wow. Cool. Um, This time I have a bigger, a bigger lead in time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which has helped a little bit. And like, I've got some things, um, just for the day. Like, I've got custom rush guards built for it. Like, oh, brilliant. And, um, built, made. Made, yeah. <laughs> um, and I've got some t shirts and stuff made for the competition and stuff mm. as well. So that should be fun. Um, but this time, uh, I've got Raina and, uh, Wooma sponsoring. So they'll uh, be handing out prizes for the Gi and the No Gi Absolutes. And, yeah, like it's just going to be fun. All right, that's, that's what I think women need in sport. Like, I know that you're always going to get, like, hyper-competitive people. Yeah. But I think for something that is a recreational sport, there should be a recreational competition to go along yeah. with it. <laughs> if you're really competitive, go to the world, go to the Europeans, Yeah. pay your entry fee, pay your flight and go and do those. 
you know, um, do the British. Yeah. You know, that's that's sort of the lead into those bigger comps. You know, but we're a little island. We've got loads <laughs> of competitions. But, you know, if you want to fight the best in the world, go out and do the yeah. ones in LA where you've got all the, you know, the Americans, the top Americans fighting. Or go to Brazil, test yourself in Tijuca. Mm. You know, um, but I don't know I'll be able to do that. But I, I would definitely like to try I really recommend it. Go out, try it. You know, just yeah. Like I, I would like to travel for jiu-jitsu a bit more. Like, um, I'm fingers crossed. Hopefully, going to be going to the Australian girls in gi camp in January. So that's like oh, three days really... on an island <laughs> with a whole yeah. load of um jiu-jitsu women. Yeah, like a three-day camp with um. I'm gonna forget her name as well Olivia? now. Jess. Is it with... Oh no. Um, oh, I know the ones you mean because it popped yeah. up on my Facebook. So yeah, yeah with um, those people. So I'm, I'm excited about. You're that. going to that, but you haven't been to like the Danish one. No, not yet. Um, it's brilliant. Um, the one in Amsterdam. No, that's um, one as well. Shanty's one. Oh. So Shanty's camp in Copenhagen is fantastic. When's that? Uh, they've changed the times. They were having like two. I think they've just. They didn't have one long ago, actually, but really, really good. And what you said about, you know, people who are, you beat the crap out of each other, then you're friends. Mm. Um, so Shanti invited me after beating me um, and introduced <laughs> me to some like amazing food, like proper Danish pastries and stuff like Knellbull, what? things like that. You know, I mean, I did the camp. We were training like eight hours a day and I came back heavier because she was just buying me cake and things like that. And it's like, oh, I see your ploy getting me to super heavyweight. Um <laughs> But the camp was amazing. Really, really good. And Copenhagen is amazing. Um, awesome. Yeah, and go on that. Um, like, that's really well, yeah, local. That's, women's camp. Like, this year I wanted to tour the UK and see as many gyms and open mats and stuff as I could. Like, mm. I'm still currently recovering. So mm. I'm not going to be doing any travel for jiu-jitsu. But next year I think I'm going to, like, go to as many camps as I can. Mm. So I will look for the Copenhagen one because it sounds good. I'd really recommend it. Um, it's it's brilliant. I wish I could have gone to the last one. Um, <laughs> I think I was at work, but and I can't take time off, obviously, oh. so I, I really struggle. Um, but if it's in the school holidays, I, I'd go. Yeah, um, smash Well, it was just brilliant. It was, you know, you, you have your breakfast, then you train, then you have a bit of lunch, and then you do something else. I mean, um, there were eight female black belts when I went. So we all went downstairs while everyone was having their rest, and we did an hour of killing each other. <laughs> And it was just brilliant. You know, we just smashed the crap out of each other for an hour and then went back upstairs straight away, straight into the next session. Nice. And it was just that. And, um, you know, we all had a big team meal at the end of it. And it was just oh. lovely, you know, and it was... I mean, are you making me want to go to Copenhagen? It's really good. <laughs> I um, have to brush up on my German. Is it German this week, Beth? No. no. Oh, for God's sake. My geography isn't good. So now you've insulted the Danish as well. Um... You did say Danish, Danish, didn't you? Danish. Yeah. To be fair, their English is better than mine. Probably. Um, better than mine as well. Yeah. They probably have better memories. <laughs> they remember the names of people. Um, yeah, but that was really good. Um, the camp last week, that was really good as well. Uh, the Globetrotters camp. So it was based on like a Globetrotters style um, mm. camp. Um, so this one run by Artemis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the idea was just to have a friendly, fun environment where people could train. So there was some sessions on the Friday. Then, <laughs> then on the Saturday they had um, 
uh, judo black belt, a yoga instructor, and then three BJJ black belts. Mm. Um, and then on the Sunday, um, they had a BJJ session with Kev um, for their grading. And then oh, they yeah, had, yeah. yeah, so Kev came down. Um, I couldn't go to that because I'd have been told off if I hadn't spent any time with my husband in Bristol. Um, and then there were three black belts in the afternoon. Awesome. In a class as well. And it worked really well because it was um, short sort of um, really quick clips of people's jiu-jitsu. So we all taught an hour. Um, but it was great because I dropped in and I was just like being a student again. Um, awesome. So I got to see some things. You know, there's some stuff that wasn't new. But some people, I've never seen their teaching style. And it was really nice to see how other people taught. Um, like Seymour. You know, yes. Mikatsu. I, yeah. His teaching style is lovely. He's got <laughs> such a lovely manner. I was yeah. like, Wow. He's a great teacher, really good teacher, you know. He's a lovely guy as well. Yeah, and but I'd never actually met him in the flesh before, you know. I've never met him in person, but we've corresponded a lot. Uh, his teaching is really good, like, mm. and uh, I mean, that's quite high praise coming from a teacher, you know. So, but his teaching style's fantastic, and I felt really honoured to be able to see these people doing their thing. Mm. Um, Chelsea and Tom were there. I love Chelsea and Tom. They so, came... But they take the mickey out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> Like they're so good. <laughs> yeah, but they're horrible to each other. Um So when they first moved over to the UK, yeah. they um they came to train at RGA right. uh, in Milton Keynes for a little yeah. bit. And um <clears throat> I got to roll with Chelsea uh once when they came over. And like she gave me like one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever had from anyone. She was like, How can we never stand up? I was like, What? She's like, you could have just walked out of my guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you you didn't stand up throughout the whole fight. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh, ever since then, it just that one thing clicked in my head. I was like, oh. So like now yeah. like, I stand up, I run around people, I do like cartwheels around. No, I don't do cartwheels. No, because you put your thumb out if you do cartwheels. Yeah. 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 Stop showing me your thumb. <laughs> <laughs> make me want to throw up. Yeah, I don't think people realise why I haven't competed for a year and a bit. It's like, yeah, because my thumb detached off my hand. <sighs> and now it looks like that. Tell me the story of you detaching your thumb. <laughs> uh, training for the Europeans? So how did it happen? Um, so I was training for the Europeans a mm. um, year and a half ago. So yeah. when would that be? That would be the European Europeans 2017. Yeah. So training for the Europeans 2017... Um, I went to pass guard and I needed to put my hand down. So I put my hand down, um, but like on my fingers and my thumb and um, there was some sweat on the mat. My fingers slipped. So my thumb took my entire body weight um, and my thumb disappeared onto the back of my hand. Um, And I knew it was bad because I'd seen it come completely off and go round. So it was like on the back of my hand there. Um, and I thought, oh dear, that's not great. And it didn't hurt. Um, but I'd seen, I saw it. So I pushed it back. <laughs> and then um, I thought, oh God, I might have to go to hospital, but I've got to lock up. So I waited till everyone had gone with my hand like now throbbing and starting to swell. Um, and I went downstairs because we were renting space at that point. We hadn't got our own gym like we have now. And uh, the only thing they had in the freezer was frozen mojitos, like in like Calippo things. <laughs> So I strapped some frozen mojitos to my hand um, and it started swelling. Uh, I phoned Ben and I strapped these frozen mojitos and I went to the, um, the walk-in centre and they obviously referred me straight to the hospital. Mm. And uh, so walking in with these frozen mojitos. Anyway, they missed the injury. They said, no, get on with it. 
I was like, I can't move my hands, and it went purple, um, and I couldn't write. And three weeks later, I went back to the doctor and I said, it's not right. Um, and they found that the, um, they sent me to a specialist hand surgeon, and they found I'd completely detached the ligament away. It pulled the bone away. I'd broken the thumb in three places, um, and it was oh. just knackered, basically, so I couldn't write. So um, they said, right, we need to shove it in a cast and just settle it and stop it moving before we do anything else. So I had a cast put on for a few months. And I said, well, you know, they said, well, my, my doctor was terrible as well. My doctor said, you're only bothered because you do jujitsu. I said, no, I'm bothered because I need to write for work. <laughs> you know, so I learned to write with my left hand whilst mm. this was in the cast. Um, and then they took it off and I've had to have a lot of work done. Um, so I've lost two centimetres from my hand span. Oh, so there you go. Oh, I've lost two centimetres on my hand span by having the thumb detached because it doesn't bend anymore. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No good again for podcasts, but it's strange, <laughs> isn't it? And I've developed this massive lump on the thumb, um, which is beautiful. It's gross. Um, and I can't do standard choking anymore, so I have to um, change how I choke. Mm. But I think it's actually more effective now. Because I yeah. hit it more often and I can get it from different positions, whereas the traditional chokes you'd have to pull. So, obviously, again, visual here. Yeah. I can't do that anymore because of the thumb injury. Yeah. So I go here and I rotate. So my thumb yeah. actually ends up choking people. The massive lump on my hand ends up choking the people. Yeah. So you can't have the thumb in. You have to, um, have to rotate close it. with the forefingers yeah. and then rotate. But the thumb actually then ends up adding more pressure to the chokes. Yeah, because it's, it it's sticking higher. out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sticking out like the gross thing that it is. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's why I've been out for a year and Beautiful. a few months. Yeah. It's a thing of beauty. It's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it just look, look, it's just, it's like an extra two centimetres bigger, isn't it? (laughs) So yeah, if anyone wants to see my manky hand. Yeah, come over to (laughs) Crazy by Halloween Eating. Yeah, yeah, come and be choked by a horrible thumb. (laughs) (laughs) Right, um, I've kept you for two and a half hours. I've kept you all day. I'm so sorry. You've cancelled appointments and I've just kept you here. And It's fine. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we close anything off? I can't remember what we've talked about, to be fair. We've talked about everything all day. Yeah, um, lots of different things. <laughs> not really. I think the only thing is, like, if there are larger ladies who are thinking about training. Mm. Don't just think about it. Do it. Because... Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's the big thing for me. Because if I hadn't started sport when I was morbidly obese, um, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have got into all these other great sports, I think. Because a lot of people worry about starting sport. Because they're, yeah. oh, I need to get in shape before I start training. Yeah. No, training will get you in shape. Just start. No one cares. No one cares if you have to sit out three rounds. Mm. Um, so that's probably the one thing. Yeah, I have to admit that's one thing that I'm coming to terms with. Like, um, especially with like the injuries on my back and um, things like, I don't mind taking a taking a knee now and like going, oh, I can't do this. I'm gonna sit out. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I think a lot of people think when you go to a session, you've got to go full on all the time. Mm-hmm. If you've got good training partners, your gym, you'll have good training partners. My guys are amazing. I can train with them even when I'm like 10% well. Yeah. Because I know they'll look after me. But when I'm 100% well, they better watch out, you know. 
but they are <laughs> amazing. Yeah, but they, they look after me. And I think a lot of people worry. They go, oh, I don't want to start jiu-jitsu. So we'll start it. You know, if you've got a good gym, yeah, they'll look after you. They'll guide you and get you into it. Especially the ladies. Just do it and see. Yes. So, yeah. Excellent. Right. Well, thank you. You need ver- to go home. <laughs> thank you very much for no thank inviting you for coming me up. to your house and introducing me to your lovely woofers. <laughs> well, feel free to come to the vlog eat any time. Oh, I will. I very much will. Now that I know that there are dogs and jujitsu <laughs> and cake and cake. Are we allowed to say that? No. You, you can say cake. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to eat all of this now. I never said I was a recovering fatty. I'm a fatty. I'm a recovering (laughs) fatty, but I'm slowly getting there again at this rate. I'm going to have to enter as a super heavyweight next fight. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Just accept it. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that was was the best bit of advice that I received from Helen Curry. I love Helen Curry. I really need to train with her. Yeah. She said, don't accept it. (laughs) Like, that's... That was her advice to me. She's like, you're giving up once I've passed your guard. Don't accept it. Like, they have to wait three seconds before they get those points. Yeah. Make them work for them. I'm I like, need to train with her. You do. I, I recommend everyone trains with her because she's amazing. She she, she's just been to the Masters as well, Masters Worlds. Yeah. 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 She went out. She was like, oh, I didn't think I'd ever compete again. Um, her post on Facebook, um, there's a group for Masters women. Are mm. you in it? Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. posted on that. Um you're too young to be master's women anyway. Um, no. But <laughs> You'd be surprised. Well, and I just thought her post was amazing. And the photo she posted was the three people on the podium just on the top step hugging. Yeah. I was like, that's master's women. You know, yeah. it's, it's, oh, I think she's amazing. I'm, I think I said earlier, sorry, I'm nattering on again. That's all um, right. When she got her black belt, I sent her this um, email just saying how amazing I thought she was. And like, I was so pleased a British woman had finally got their black belt you know and it was a massive yeah. step forward and she sent me a letter back when I got mine and I was like oh my god why how have I not trained with you you know she's a proper legend so I'd love to train with her absolutely love to train just with go her. to combat base yeah like, it's not that far from no me. it's not no no it's ridiculous isn't it I just say I'm coming on this day I want to train with you because I think you're awesome so. both Darren and Helen are amazing yeah like, yeah. Honestly, I, I went over to speak to them and it was pretty much exactly what's happened with you. Where I spoke to them for about two hours and I was like, fuck, we're going to have to record this podcast. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so um, then we recorded it and it was amazing. Yeah. And uh, we spoke for a little while afterwards and she rolled with me at the end as well. Oh. She got, she introduced me to her monkey feet. Oh, I'd love to train with her. But she she's a bit older as well. And I was thinking, well... I was thinking about ages of the female black belts. I think Mel's a bit older, but um, I think I'm probably the next oldest then. So we should do an old farts training yeah. for the Masters Worlds next year. Yeah. Yeah. Like only <laughs> over 35s. Only Aww. over 40s. <laughs> There's just three of you. Three of us. <laughs> uh, Yaz is Masters too. Yaz did really well. <gasps> Yaz was amazing. Yeah, but did you ever see her fights at Brown Belt, at Adult? Not at Brown Belt, no. So she went to the Worlds at Brown Belt when I went, and Vanessa won at Purple, and I medalled at Brown. Mm. Um, Yaz dominated. It was like she was the best fighter in that room. She'd have beaten everybody that day, and she was amazing. 
um, her fights were just ridiculous. Um, ben recorded them for me, and um, I was sort of watching from the bullpen, you know, through the like, you know, like where the TVs are, and you've got to sort of lean through the wires and over people to see mm. the fight. And she was ridiculously good. Like she just, I mean, she smashed everybody. She's always ridiculously good. So. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm glad to see her back on form with that. I mean, mm. winning Masters too. I'm. Oh, I'm just so pleased she's competing again. I'm slightly worried because I'm also I've got like six more months at Masters two um, if I have to face her. But and boom, you're there. Yeah, Masters three. Woo! But I'm I'm just so pleased for her. I think it's brilliant. Mm. Um, I think you know with Leone meddling, Yaz. I think some of the other girls who've meddled as well. I mean the women are are doing it at Masters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I like about like the UK. We're a small island, but we. We turn out some fucking champions. No, we turn out beasts. We, we turn do. out these people who are just brilliant. Like, speaking of beasts, I don't think I've gone a single podcast without mentioning her. Fionn Davies is an absolute savage. I love her with every fibre of my being. So I've only <laughs> met her after I've lost at competitions. And so I've only ever sat and eaten in front of her. <laughs> But that's one of her favourite things to do. Yeah, but she's brilliant. I mean, I'd love to train with her as well, but I think she's probably too quick for me because of Nogi. Oh, she's... I'm too slow for Nogi. Yeah, she's super (laughs) quick. I I rolled with her once, and, um, yeah, like, I think I blinked and she was on my back, and I've never felt pressure like it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's from an MMA background, isn't she? And just... She's from a judo background. Yeah. She did some MMA. Yeah. But, um... Like, she just... Oh, she is fantastic. Have you listened to her podcast she did with Dan? No, no. I've been moving house twice has been screwed up my podcast lessons. And it will 100% make your day. Yeah. I think she's brilliant anyway, so... Yeah. But, yeah. So the trick is, if you want to be good at jiu-jitsu, then you need to start judo at the age of two. Yeah. Okay. You need to throw people for a long time. Judo for the win. (laughs) As I said, next time you come up, you need to train with our judo guy. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. I'll get thrown around a bit. Oh, yes. Yeah. My five-minute round with him and I managed to touch his sleeve. And it was a five-minute round. The other four minutes, 50, I was in the air. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to chuckle to myself. <laughs> oh, I squeal, as I said. So I go, hee. <laughs> I'm not that good at break falling. God damn it. I've got crash mats. You'll be fine. <laughs> right. Anyway, well, yeah, sorry. You need to go home. <laughs> thank you very much for speaking That's all to right. me. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely catch up again at some point soon. Right. And there you have it. Um, I really hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for making it all the way to the end. Um, just so that everyone knows the Fight Like a Girl competition is on the 14th of October. Tickets are currently on sale at fightlikeagirl.one. Um, there is a coupon code for podcast listeners, which is PDKAST. That's Papa, Delta, Kilo, Alpha, Sierra, Tango. Yeah. That's it. And that's a 15% discount on all entries to the competition. Um, it's the same setup as last year. Uh, Bouncy Castle um, photo booth. We should have representation from 
uh, Rain of Fightwear and Warmer Sportswear and I'm looking for other vendors at the moment to supply food. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed it. I've got a few more people booked that I'm recording next weekend, so they'll be coming out over the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, until I speak to you all again, have a great day, week, month. Yeah, and go train.